Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by... Trace Finicaro And... Snickolini Catalano. That's a... That's the end of it? That's the end of it. I was expect. I thought there was going to be another one. You looked at me like there was going to be another part of that name. I, I just want to... It's like he shedded so. his skin and there was a... <laughs> There was a molting. I just want to talk in the NPR voice and uh, make you unsettled. So that no one can hear you and understand what you're saying. I'm <laughs> making out with a mic right now, sir. I think everyone can hear me. That's a one Gunner Kennedy. Kittens and blenders. Kittens and blenders. Gunner, go. Oh, shit. On the spot. <laughs> what's, what's kitten and blender? So, um... I mean, I know what it after, is. After, after a long-standing sabbatical with the non-friendship snake circle of friends, we uh, we hit we hit. Well, that's not entirely true. Well, I mean, like Ken is a friend of the show. We, we've had we've had them appear on, but you know, it's was it, Mike Walker there? Yes, he was. Two two people that have been on the show. Was, Wesley William was, was there, so three. What's people that? Will was there too. Three. So three of our guests were there. Yet you're trying to keep these friends away from us. Yes. Gunner does like to segregate friends. Why are you hoarding your friends? Because we're fucked up monsters. <laughs> you are if you're blended kittens. You sick fuck. Yes. So um, we uh, we had the uh, we had the spare time. Uh, Matt was not able to uh, gallivant with us for the entire night because he had to work. But we ended up going to a board game uh, cafe whose name is escaping me right now because I'm a jerk. And won't give them free props because I won't give them free props that they're due. Could you please look yeah. that up? Yeah, we got to tag them. Go keep going. Yeah, they'll, they'll, so, give us like, um, they'll give us like three plays. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because well, because we, we did a, we did a couple games. Um, we uh, so there's a comic strip online called Cyanide and Happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, and we that. we we, we did jo- we did joking hazard. <clears throat> And there's a mode called Never Ending Story, which is effectively the, the comic strip keeps going on until somebody runs out of cards. Uh, I believe it is called Wanna Play Cafe. That is it. All right. Yes. Big problem. So we we had this uh, we had this epic multi table comic going on that was probably the single most weird gay porn I think the, that we've ever been partially responsible for constructing. And then uh, it's 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 just funny. Like how diverse the nonsense card game has got the nonsense card like card slash board game has gotten because there was another one that we tried which was called uh, the voting game which looked kind of cool and then we cracked it open and then we realized that it was a hen party game because it was like who has the most awkward hugs oh god what's the what's your favorite Mori topic oh jeez yeah yeah I like how you perfectly find gender typing that game. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much. It was not. It was. It was not. It was not even like. It was not even. Bro- it was just. It, it. It was. It is something that you are doing at a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. Still gender typing. Still gender typing. No, I'm just kidding. But the um. So the game and that you the, started talking the, yes. about had a really strange name. So what? And as he left, as he left, called blended kittens. Kitten put. The kitten so, uh, as 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 the as the uh, black sheep uh, winner of the evening was a game called Kittens in a Blender. Kittens in a Blender, cheese, and that was the name of it. Yes, 
You know, I work with, you guys met him. Um, he was on one of our early podcasts. He, his name is, uh, is Miles, and he's the guy that was doing the crypto, crypto when he came currency. on, which he's still doing, but he's not making as much money because the value of crypto. Yeah, I heard crypto tanked, yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things I say to Miles is I say, every time that you write uh, computer software code, God kills a kitten because he's really bad at it. Um, was this the same thing, like metaphorical kittens in a blender or what was the so um <clears throat> there are so basically you have you have a deck of cards you know it's four players whatever you you, you pick a color you have 16 kittens that you are responsible for trying to save and in the act of trying to do that you can also decide to savagely murder every other part of players uh kittens in the attempt to win because there are basically three, so you you have three primary play areas. They have what they call the box, which is you know because a box of kittens. You have the counter, which is just the space between the box. So you you to, to to set up the play area, you basically have you you take both halves of the box, and one's called one's called the box, and one's called the blender. And what happens is that during the course of, during the course of play. Mm-hmm. There are cards that specifically put all the car- the, the cats that are in the box and on the counter in the blender, oh, and then geez. you can trigger you can trigger a blend, which will proceed to murder every cat that is inside the blender. So, like when they're in the blender, I assume these these cards, like you said, you're trying to save them. So, what is it, the person with the most alive kittens win? The, the one with the most saved kittens, saved because kittens. it doesn't matter but if they're alive; they have to be. Un- can you get them? The ba- do you have an opportunity to get them out of the blender? Yes. Oh, you do, but. You know, it's also you have to you have to yes, like it, it for for a dumb concept, it, there is a lot of very evil strategic depth in it because you There's have to decide if you're gonna, in yes, the you have to gameplay. Well, because the other thing is is that you have to decide like, do you know besides the whole like if you are in if you are in a position where you are <laughs> incapable of winning, do you try and like, do you pick the cats? That you want to see, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you know, dumb, dumb is like, because you know, like the, 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 they're they're set up like that too. But Did you, you know, leave the black cats in there. Yes, we left the black cats in there. Why would you do that? I, I, I mean, in the it's box, superstition, right? Box. No, the, there was. So we saved black cat. I saved. The black so it's cat. called. It's called. What's it called? Kittens in the blender. Kittens in a blender. Kittens in a blender. And is God is it, is pancakes. it just the concept of losing cards attached to kittens dying, or is there more? So there, well, actually, so, so what will happen is that um, at the end of the game, so it works out that there's there's effectively ten of each of what they call these 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 blend cards. So there's a blend card, and then there's what they call a blend pulse, and the blend pulse is effectively like an interrupt in Magic, where if you play it when somebody has played another blend, you can stop them from sure. But it also means that you lose the ability to yeah, two blends is murder. not a blend. But but what I mean is is that is it just a gimmicky name? It's just you keeping and hoarding and losing cards, or is there actually part of the gameplay that involves like like vile stuff? Right. So you think of something like Cards Against Humanity, where the whole gameplay, like each hand, could be you know an idea that just people are grossed out by, or people are laughing their ass. At about is it really just a strategy game that is that they used a really really stupid gimmick to sell or is there more 
I, I mean, kitten like, death strategy in this I, game. I, 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 well, because it, it, it gets into the. Sounds like it's they just are using kittens as the gimmick. I, you know, and again, it's just, yeah. Uh, well, that's my. Qu- I was going to ask Gunner, like, is it little? Is it really just like like shock factor? And then after that, the game sucks. But it sounds like there's some nuance to it. Yeah, the game's fun. I'm not exactly no, sure. No, it was. It was. It, it it got. I mean, like you know, besides it, it kind of it kind of rocks the generic anime fan art design thing a little bit. But you know, that's kind of common in budget games because it's inoffensive and stuff like that but it was it was it it got it got really involved it got really involved very quickly like i i was i was surprised because it seemed like such a dumb concept and we were fumbling with the rules but after the second like after we got in about but, but like six a, or seven rounds in the the first game and the second game, like it, it but got kids it could got play, me. right? Yes. Yeah. Oh God, these kitties are so cute, though. I'm looking at a picture now of this stuff. <laughs> oh, they're illustrations. Oh God, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, like so the cards, <laughs> not an actual like. I would want to see a fucking picture of a kitten, a drawing of a kitten. To me, if you're blending, Mr. Kitten, if you're blending pancakes. a theoretical kitten, no. But if you're blending, like, I want to, yeah, I want to see a little tiny baby cat face. Oh. I want to see a picture of a real cat on the card because you you see it's, those you don't see motivational well, posters with a, uh, a drawing of a kitten. Well, because the other thing the other thing is is that it's kind of it's it's it very quickly exposes how much of a horrible asshole human beings are in general because no one wins by more than one point because you are so like well like you're even, saying people are okay blending kittens but they're. It's a drawing of a kitten. No, no, I, I, I know, but they, it, it's, they could it's have cons- gotten cute. No, little no, pictures. because because the thing is, is that like it's so, it, I just like the juxtaposition because it just exposes how much how 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 capable we are of fucking each other over. Well, there's no better board game than that. <laughs> risk, risk. There you go. Knew, yep, risk. I have gotten into practical fistfights over risk, like My- risk. And the more people you incorporate, the more like, oof, the my more likely you are to piss someone off. My brother tried to stab me with a butter knife for a game of Strategio once. You ever play a game and you realize that you've been playing the wrong roles the whole time? Um, Monopoly. I think we had some like house mm-hmm. rules that were not part of the. Yeah, with the, Monopoly, the you're not allowed to build. Um, you're not allowed to build on the expensive properties until the lower valued properties are all filled up. Did you know that? I definitely did not know that. Yeah, it's fucked up. So <laughs> it like, kind of makes sense though. Yeah, you if- buy Boardwalk or something like that, and you want to just screw somebody that lands on there, and they just have to, you, you you destroy them. And well, they- it's the end of the game essentially. If yeah. you have Boardwalk on Park Place, and you start building up before mm-hmm. anybody else starts building the lower value, if they land on it, yeah, they're fucked. It, but you're not allowed to do that until you increase the value of your other properties equally makes, first. Oh, the, the value of your part, properties? Yeah, and that's the part that I don't get because sense. I knew you had to do it for your strip. You know, like um, like you have to start with the lowest value boardwalk and then or the park lowest place. or park place. You have to start with the lowest <laughs> value park place and then and then move your way to the highest value park place. I understood that, but the fact that you're not allowed to just throw your money at one uh, at one development. Uh, that was new to me. Another one is, you know, when, with Uno, um, you know the draw four card? Yes. Do you know you're not allowed to pull that out unless it's your only option? No. Yeah. 
Really? You're not allowed to pull it out unless you have no other card to play. And it's in the rules. I actually looked in the rules wow. and it's there. And so if somebody uses one, you can challenge them. Say, you know what? I think that you have another card that you can play. And if you're right, they have to draw four cards and they lose their turn. And if you're wrong, then you have to draw, I think, an extra two cards. So instead of drawing four, you draw, draw six. six. But nobody, I, I've never met anyone that plays by that rule. Right. No, I don't either. I, you just use it when you want to use it. Use it when you want to use it. You just fucking hammer the person next to you. Right. And that's the other thing. Like any of those games where you have to go around in a circle, they're kind of strange because you can be screwed by sitting next to somebody that's Well, that's good. part of like the, any like turn-based, like with multiple players, like risk, like you're, you're anticipating, but you're waiting. And that's part of like the suspense, I think, because you're waiting essentially to get fucked. <laughs> like but, to get fucked over. But how weird is it with any game, though, where I can only influence the person to my right or my left with a card? That doesn't make any sense, right? If you're all going against each other, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, you could say that in Uno you could use the skip, but the skip doesn't really harm the person that's next to the person next to you. It just jumps over the the, the person next to you. Well, it does harm them though because they're not being they're not being allowed to to make a play. The person next to you is yes. being harmed. But what I'm saying is you can't influence the people that are not adjacent to you in the game. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So yes. if you're playing somebody that just is great at the game, then and they're sitting directly next to you. You're going. Your hand is going to be dead first. You're going to have less of a chance of winning. Whereas if you're sitting across the table from them, they have less of an influence on you. That's true. I mean, and I think that's, that's if you're playing problem. like kind of even Uno. Like you could always have like five people or an odd number, and then it kind of mixes it up. Even but it's more. still people adjacent, though. That's true. You know what the games should really do is they should offer a way to shuffle. But people are lazy and they don't want to get out of their chairs. Yeah, I don't want to get out of my chair. I'm one of those fucking lazy people. That's just kind of how the game is, I guess, right? Like That's how a lot of those games are, yeah. yeah. You have to go around the table. Um, catchphrase is one of my favorites. Oh, man. It's like <laughs> hot potato. Yeah, but, yeah. We played a game of catchphrase once. I, I yeah. <laughs> it I didn't just, go well. <laughs> I just remember, like, Friendship had to take a break that night. Yeah. Well, the problem with those hot potato games is you, like... There's no safe handoff, right? There's no like accepted way to hand off a hot potato. You could throw it at their face. You can just like put it above their lap and let go. You can gently hand it to them, which takes time and you increases the chances of the hot potato going off in your hands. But for the most part, it's this just shoving thing. Yeah. And with what the one thing I, I really don't like about catchphrase and and it's probably something they should fix is it's good and bad but catchphrase you know when it's getting close to the buzzer whereas a true hot potato should go off randomly well it's we're talking about a time bomb here yeah it's a time bomb and the problem with the time bomb is that you know it's about ready to go off, so you'll do anything you can to get rid of it. You'll talk fast. You'll you know talk slowly, sh- knowing that your team will get the answer, and then you'll pass it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catchphrase definitely has some flaws. I mean, it's it can be fun for sure, but I, it does after like an hour or so. It's kind of I like, just I just know that Michelle can't be trusted to play that game civil in a civilized manner. Well, that's she, what that's what I'm saying. Like she, she there's she, no accepted rule for how hard you can shove off. She would wing it at my nards. Yeah. Like, well, I think that's like one one thing that has to happen. 
like you have mm-hmm. to establish set rules and everyone has to agree to them because it's <clears throat> it's just human nature rule bending is going to happen but if you have a set established rules like this is how you taught you pass it off they should make it a pillow or a football or something and you have to stand like 10 feet away from each other <laughs> Like you can only play catchphrase like with enough distance so that you don't get into a wrestling match. I just I'm I'm, I'm like I didn't realize that Michelle was so violent up until that point, and then now like all I Michelle's just very competitive. But have you played spoons with her? No, I don't even know how to play spoons. She's savage. Spoons is one of those weird games where something happens in the game and nobody notices, and you you have permission to take one spoon off of the table when that one event has happened. When, when you notice a spoon is missing, then you can also take a spoon off of the table. So the first one needs to have an event triggered. The other ones is just on the perception that one is missing. So if you're just playing the game at your own speed and just watching the spoons, then you can, you will, you'll never be the first because if you're not paying attention to the cards, then you won't know if you, you know, if you trigger the event to take the first one. But if you keep a good eye on the spoons, you can always take the second one. The problem occurs when, because you get sneaky, it's a sneaky game, and the problem occurs when most of the table was so sneaky about taking the spoon that there's one left. And now you and the person at the other end of the table are both going for the last spoon. And you're eliminated if you don't get it. And Michelle, will, will she will murder you if it's between the last spoon and you. She will make sure that you die and that... And that she ends up with the last spoon. And the only reason I use her by name is because she was one of our first podcast guests. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I did kind of crack the seal of real life versus snake life. Vanity. I, so I play, uh, I was when I wasn't working as much as I am, but now all I do is work. Um, I play uh, poker with uh, Greg, mm-hmm. Pantless Avenger Johnson. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a, they, they, they play at least eight to ten different variations of poker mm-hmm. like some draw games some stud games a lot of card like wild card games just kind of crazy ass games but if you're the dealer you have to put 50 cents in and they bet like nickels dimes and quarters mm-hmm. but if you forget to fucking put your ante in uh-huh you double the ante so you put a dollar in oh jeez. So people just don't say anything well people at first they don't say anything but then they will fucking try to Ask you personal questions so that you forget when you're shuffling, wow. so that you start dealing. The second that card comes out, and is it double each time? Dollar in? No, it, it never oh, gets okay. more than a dollar. But right. it's you know, it's, when you're you betting incent- nickels yeah. and dimes and quarters, it's significant. Oh yeah. So it's that's that kind of reminds me of like sneaky shit, like in games, mm-hmm. like just last year. But it is, it is pretty good though. I get caught a lot. Uh, there's something about playing poker with all that change is so fucking cool. Because you got you guys do like pennies and quarter. no pennies. No. It smallest increment is is nickels and like I said, we and nickels to quarters. But so the crazy thing about these quarters, games, then? like some of these games, um, like in certain like Ghost is like a game. It's like a seven card game with like four different. Uh, actually, there's no there's now that I think about it, twos threes are wild, one eye jacks are wild, and the king of hearts is wild. So like, there's all these wild cards mm-hmm. and shit. I'm used to playing. I'm a traditional uh, Texas Hold'em poker player, so mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, not, I'm never used to wild cards. Mm-hmm. So I'm so slow on the take when it comes to like 
straight flushes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always looking. I'm always looking for like to pair up and shit like that because right. those are the most common hands you typically find in in uh, <clears throat> in a uh, Jesus Texas Hold'em. Mm-hmm. But dude, all that's going on, and you're thinking, okay, oh, game change. Now we're playing like yeah. Follow the aces, and it's like oh, okay, and then you're then you're dealing, and dude, you can get walloped for a buck, but it is fun. It is it is good fun, and but dude, I've heard stories like they play AC Ducey sometimes, and they used to play with these crazy rules. Like what's AC Ducey? Two cards get flipped, and then mm-hmm. you pick. Uh, you can you bet like you can bet it has to go around three times, mm-hmm. and then you bet the pot. So you were gonna guess you want the, the the card that the third card that gets flipped to be inside the two cards. Oh, okay. So if an ace comes, you say okay, lower high, and then let, let's say you say high, and the king comes, uh, you pay a quarter. Mm-hmm. But you know after it goes around three times, you can bet the pot, take the pot, and end the game. Mm-hmm. But I guess there used to be this rule where if it's like an ace, or let's say like a, a four and a. 10 comes out and then a 10 flips you had to double whatever you bet oh so i heard like there was this one time and i i don't know i'm not gonna no, there's no like, terrible story but like this pot got up to like 200 dollars. <laughs> like they're playing for quarters like, yeah nickels dimes and quarters and the pot <laughs> got up to like 200 dollars just because it was just shit luck on how the That's cards so are flipping. awesome but i guess it got pretty intense what i like day. about that is is that um the quarters you know you have you have enough of them it's like you actually have a lot of stuff on the table. So, like, if you were to actually play with chips at a casino, you, you know, there's a potential to have a lot of chips. So, I, I like that. I like when, you know, when, like, these friendly games with quarters and nickels gets up into the hundreds of dollars because it looks like so much fucking money on the table. Well, and, and, the, and the fact is, is, like, everyone goes in there, I would say, rarely does anybody come in with less than like 20 bucks but it's not some like like amount of money that's gonna like really like kind of fuck your life up right um but some people dude like i the first time i went was beginner's luck obviously but i won like 40 bucks and it was like holy shit like like because 40 dollars isn't a crazy amount of money piss off people that have been losing for 18 years yeah but in like but nickels dimes and fucking quarters that's a ton of like actual physical currency there you know what i mean so I lost my ass the past couple of times though. Man, there's some there's some good games. I played um I play a lot of the board games with my children now. Um I would prefer to play games with adults, but I'm stuck. I'm usually, st- you know, stuck with uh with the kids and uh at the, at, at game playing time, you know. Yeah. I'm usually stuck with the kids and you know like Shoots and Ladders is, you know, a classic one, right? That's an old school. Yeah, I remember playing Shoots and Ladders. Um, which is weird because I've never heard of a slide being called a shoot before. Like maybe a laundry shoot? Yeah, laundry shoot, garbage shoot. Yeah, which I don't know. Have you ever heard people complain about laundry shoots, about how dumb they are? I, I People mean, are like, you just got the easiest part of laundry and just automated it. Getting the clothes down the stairs. Is that really the easiest part, though? Physically speaking, in energy expenditure, it's not. It's the hardest part. Getting them down the stairs. Getting them up the stairs is hard. Oh, good call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's that's what you need. A, a laundry, what is it, a, a dolly? Laundry dolly or yeah, elevator? Fuck yeah. And then yeah, I'll put my kids in there, and it'll be like a little fun zone. Yeah. And hopefully they don't lose a finger. It's like an amusement park at your house. But yeah, shoots and ladders, and you realize how dumb of a game it is. 
Well, it's dumb, but it's not. I know because like it's it has to be as far as dumb. It's dumbed down. It doesn't require much intellect to play, right? <clears throat> but there is some level of competition and kind of randomness, like like fortune, if you will, <laughs> and chance, and that's what kind of makes it exciting for kids, and that's why they like it's their juices going because like at any time you could hit a shoot and bang and you're down, but then there's always you could hit two three ladders in a row and you're back up. Are we actually now that I'm thinking about this <laughs> shoots and ladders like getting kids ready ready like chase like to chase like the gambling high. That's what I. That's what I really. I mean, they got one slide at the end of it that brings you all the way back to the beginning of the map, and I guess I kind of understand that. I mean, you could be like just ready to win, but it puts you in fucking last place, which is weird. But the games actually, you'd think they would last forever. They don't. Like they, the chances of hitting that slide are so low that the games actually go go by very quickly. Um. But the chances of catching up from the beginning of the board to the end of the board is almost impossible. Like, there is, like, one ladder that happens to go all the way up, but it's very rare that you hit it. Um, you know, and statistically, you're ju- you have the same chance of hitting it at the beginning of the game as you do at the end of the game. So if you hit that ladder on the way up, you probably just won the game, you know, if you hit the, the tallest ladder. But that's actually not what I hate the most about it. What I hate the most about shoots and ladders is that, you know, watching children play it, they don't know the difference between, and maybe they should, and people are going to say that, you know, my kids are dumb or whatever, but it's hard for a child to know the difference between, between like, going up and down a ladder. You know, ladders are something you're allowed to go down, right? Yeah. And slides, of course, are something that you're only supposed to go down, but we all know you can walk up a fucking slide. But what happens is there's no real direction. Like, like the, 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 kids, the, the kid sees the freaking ladder and or, or he sees the slide or whatever it's it's hard for him to visualize what he's supposed to do with the game it it doesn't give him direction and for such a beginner's game like i just watch like i watch the kids constantly want to go up the slides or you know you know what i'm saying yeah um or, or it's not obvious to them that they aren't supposed to go down the ladders um but i don't really care for the game like there's i've never been done playing shoots and ladders and I'm like, man, what a great bonding experience that was. That's kind of like war. <laughs> like the, it's kind of like the card game war. It's it's like maybe, it's very, but with but with war, it gets heated. Yeah, it, it it yeah, but there's there's no skill to it. Like I, you can't apply I'm gonna, anything. I'm to, gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell true. you this. It's true. Like the moment, I don't know. Like when you learned when you learned how to ride a bike, do you, can you think back on that and like kind of consciously feel something in your brain changed like at the you know like because you know it's like it, it's kind of like when you learn to ride a bike it's kind of it's like you suck you suck you suck it happens mm-hmm. and something in your brain is fundamentally yeah. just kind of wire you know like Absolutely. You know, if you're kind of you know like and maybe maybe that's a, a overtly self-examination but like when I learned how to ride a bike, I like felt something in my brain kind of move. Yeah, well, I'm fucking. And I'm, the first, the first time I ever beat my dad, my, my father playing Battleship, and I got to the point where I could kind yeah, of but, do it consistently. Yeah, Battleship is a great game because Battleship is really. I mean, you need you need to have like like your brain needs to be able to handle space you can't see. 
And right? you, you're, you're that's like, a really, and you really, have to and build you, like a psychological profile of the person if you yeah. play them multiple times. Yeah, you're like this. Yeah, this dude's going like to stack. Yeah, like he's going to stack gonna, like vertically. Yeah, exactly. So th- that game kind of makes sense. There's strategy to it. You kind of have to guess where their stuff is. Well, you, you, you have to kind of pepper the map and hope that you land on a ship. Well, that but, and you got to come up with shoots and ladders is stupid. No, like, it's for children like the ages like three and up. Right? But it's not even fun for them. I, I really don't like, like I mean, the kids like to play it because it's got a catchy name, and they're and they want to like play a game with their parents, but they never want to play a second game. They're never like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to play another game. You know, another game that's and, and we can get into battle. I I want to I want to talk about how dumb some of these games are. Candyland. Candyland is actually much worse. Well, Candyland is kind of just what like spinning and going around. There's no real consequence. Just who gets around the fastest. The problem with Candyland is you can only move based on a color of a card that you draw. So you draw an orange card, you move to the next orange dot. You can never move more than than uh, one segment of colors unless you get a double orange. Yay. Now I can move two. It, it's like they could just get rid of the colors because the cards are stupid. Give you a, like an actual an actual die to roll and it would be way better but yeah Candyland is even worse to me because those f- stupid color cards like you don't have the chance of jumping i guess is my point well yeah i mean i think that that like these games you're talking that you're saying are stupid are just they're very very basic to be introductory to kids into like board games and games like that in general yeah i like, don't know it's, At it's, least shoots and ladders, like you have a chance of dying. There's when consequence the in shoots and ladders, right? Yeah, like I mean, and there's some there's some consequences. But that being in said, it's consequence. Well. But you can't warp to the end in Candyland. No, but there's but the, that being said, the consequence is not um, the consequences is a little flawed because it's not because of something you did. It's, Where, where's the triple color? I want a yeah. fucking triple color once in a while. You know what I mean? Something to spice up the game. Man, Candyland sucks. Gunner, battle, battleship. So back to battleships. So battleship, just, just, and again, like, it wasn't like unbeatable, but just the 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 idea, the, you know, I hate chess. I understand why it's. I understand why it's like a classic game and everything like that. But I just, I, I, I've never enjoyed it. I feel like you only will talk about the game we're not talking about. No, 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 but ba- Battleship Battle- <laughs> No, Battleship has the, so Battleship has the same thing where it's like, you know, you, you say it's random and this and stuff like that, but it's actually like the whole idea of it's implicitly it's implicitly a search algorithm. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to determine you're trying to determine space, so there's like an optimum there's an optimum series of peg placements. Mm-hmm. going from and as soon as as soon as you start landing them you have to you know like you automatically you know you, you know you're there is an actual appropriate way to play this game which one kind of makes it less like silly fun but two it's like it once once you get it it's kind of like inherently in it's 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 like balancing on a bike like you mm-hmm. just you just understand implicitly how this is supposed to go down and it's your brain thinks about things in a different way <laughs> after after it just and again, it's. I, I I just I I think sometimes I ruin the fun of games. Like it was, it's kind of like um, Magic got the same way, where I just I couldn't I couldn't play it casually anymore because I felt like I felt like it was a way like I because like you it figured was a waste out the algorithm. No, it's just it's just, 
it because like magic gets into like there's a there's a certain curve that if you're playing the game seriously like this is this is the approach and it's why i can't play monopoly with it like aaron chapa tornator anymore because like she Monopoly, Monopoly, Monopoly is a game designed to specifically dis- to destroy friendships as well. Yeah, I definitely get frustrated with Monopoly. Um, but Battleship, I mean, you can still get lucky, though. I know what you're saying. It's yeah. really just it, it's an efficiency in peppering. You want to make sure you pepper the board. Once you land on a ship, you have to start visualizing as the ship going horizontal or vertical. You can't go diagonal in that game, right? No. No. So, vertical or horizontal, no diagonal. Yeah, so, you know, you... You, there is like a certain efficiency to it, but the thing is, is that you might go one peg up and just happen to hit the ship again. It, whereas statistically, you actually should probably go like, like maybe too high, right? So that you know where the end of the. There, there's probably different like search algorithms that are faster, but you know, instinctively, you're like, well, shit, is it above it? Is it below it? Is it to the left? Is it to the right? Um, statistically, you're actually most likely to hit the ship not on the very edge. It's, you're probably somewhere towards the middle of the ship. But uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Once you figure out that it's just, but at least there's there's at least there's chance in a little bit of strategy there. Yeah, well, with games like you say, it's like tough to play casually. I think very few games. There are very few good games anyway, that that are just remain casual. Like Cards Against Humanity is pretty much a ca- casual game, I yeah, guess, because yeah. it's all opinion based. Yeah. You know what I mean, on the person that's ch- that that has to choose them. But that being said, it still is, can get kind of competitive because if you play kind of regularly with people or you play with people that you know pretty well, mm-hmm. you feel that you should know them well enough to know what they're going to pick. That, that's what was weird. So. Um you don't realize how well you know someone sometimes until you play that game. And like in the case, when I played, I, it was, I've only played Cards Against Humanity once. And it was, um, it was my wife, her sister, and our nephew. And my wife and I kept picking each other's cards. It was very, very bizarre to me. It was like, it was like I preferred her orientation of ideas to the other ones over and over and over. And it makes you realize it's like, it's like, uh, we 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 actually we've been, we've been together for so long we actually start to think the same way. Sure. And we we prefer to hear these ideas the same way. Meanwhile, her nephew he's uh, he's like twenty two. Every single card combination that was raunchy, he'd pick that. The the raunchiest, he'd always pick the raunchiest. Right. You this know? is young, and that's like. Hum- raunchy humor is probably most prominent when you're young. Like yeah, that's like that's like edgy. That's like new. And the thing was is that his uh, um, her 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 sister, his his mom, um, she was actually the same way. Oh, really? She was picking the combination of cards that were like more likely to get somebody to chuckle versus ones that were a good combination. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the uh, uh man, I'm trying. <laughs> the category was, I think it was. Um, uh, the category had something to do with uh, with like a uh, Indian War. I can't remember what it was, and uh, I had fucking, I had the word 
I think it was measles, and I had the object blanket. So I made like this measles blanket thing. Dude, it was fucking great. It was like the best card combination, but only if you really like 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 thought that that type of humor is funny. And I, I lost to something like, um, you know, to like Elf Blowjob. Yeah. Which had nothing to do with this war. And uh, and, and that's, that's why I think Cards Against Humanity actually under the covers can be an extremely intelligent game. Well, yeah, it's essentially you're once again setting up like a profile of the person. Like, so Sean and sister, we played uh, over Christmas, like right around Christmas time. And her one sister... Like is into the raunchy stuff and into like the into like you know what I mean like the funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Her other sister though plays if it makes sense. Like it yeah, has to make sense. Has to make sense. And if it doesn't make sense. She doesn't pick it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to kind of like constantly change up depending on who's going to be choosing. Um, but yeah, and there's some things that that are going to win no matter what. Like you always you always feel like you've done justice to the world if you picked a Cards Against Humanity combination with Chuck Norris in it. Right. How can you leave Chuck Norris behind? I mean, he, he wouldn't leave us behind. That's true. He's going to one day, though. Never. <laughs> don't. Why would you speak of these things? <laughs> because don't, don't, be you, a, don't, don't you know that they have a they have a factory of him just waiting to be decanted? I know they had a factory that made special Jan Chuck Norris jeans died. that you could kick people in the face. <laughs> in. There's going to be a new religion when he dies. So, Jan so Michael Vincent died. Who? Jan Michael, the guy, the guy from Airwolf. Yeah, I saw that. Even mm. worse, though, is the lead singer, or not the lead singer, one of the singers for Prodigy died. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Luke, yeah. Perry, Luke Perry. Uh, the white guy with the crazy hair. Really? Yeah, he passed away. Killed himself. He killed himself? Yeah, he committed suicide. So he took his own the, life. Like, like the guy that did the... Um, Twisted Firestarter. The Firestarter? Firestar. Yeah. It? Yeah. Wow. He started actually, which I didn't know. Keith Flint is the name Keith of Keith Flint, yes. And sorry for not knowing that, because I, I do love Prodigy. The Prodigy. Um... He started as a dancer for them. Yeah, that makes sense. The thing, I mean, if you listen to their old music, they weren't, they never really had a front man. No, well, they're a techno band, essentially. They're a techno yeah. group, I should say. Yeah, and then, and then you know, that guy starts shouting stuff over their techno, and it's like, a, it's like its own cool, weird, like, like genre. Yeah. You know, and nobody really did that. What was weird with the Prodigy, and I thought it was pretty interesting is i mean techno never really got super mainstream i would say like you moby kind of did for that hot mm-hmm. minute in like two, in 1999 or 2000 yeah like with play maybe mm-hmm. it was 2001 but but the prodigy did and yeah but people didn't associate them with techno by then though it was like like industrial stuff like it was um and maybe that's the wrong word but um it was it was more it was closer to alternative rock I think to most people's ears. There were guitars because yeah like, there was guitar yeah. samples, but th- th- and that's because nobody actually listened to their earlier stuff that was just straight up techno. When I yeah. say nobody, I mean the masses didn't listen to right. it. The, the the real prodigy fans probably only listened to that stuff. They probably don't care so much for the stuff with some guy shouting into the microphone. Yeah, um, I'd say I'd say techno's biggest. I, if if you if you're to look back on the history of music i would say techno's biggest uh uh biggest names biggest success i would say number 1 and i think this is you can't even dispute this i'd say number 1 is daft punk 
There's yeah, been no techno musician. It. Although you could you could make an argument for Fatboy Slim because he was pretty. Fatboy Slim. Fatboy Slim is an excellent argument because he actually had more hits on the on the radio. Yeah. Than than any other. Um, but again, with Fatboy Slim, it was this strange. He he kind of was pushed out by from by the by the community that he was a part of because he he didn't fit that mold. Right. For some reason, when techno came out, it was like it was like the words were not allowed. Where Fatboy Slim's music would be like the whole thing would just be a word over and over. Right. Like and he was the and, first one yeah. to do that, like right about now, the funk soul brother. And it would just over and over and over and over. Um, kind of reminds me of the uh, the Cotton Eye Joe song. Oh, the Rednecks? Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different style of music, but that idea where uh, where they just keep playing the same sample over and over and over. I mean, um, it's like, clearly sampled. Hadaway. Yeah. That's like, this is pretty much the same. Like, it's like four words for the most part. Yeah, maybe maybe with with those with the, why it reminds me of that is because I, I mean Cotton Eye Joe is probably a terrible example, but um, with Fatboy Slim there was a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of singing right here right now yeah right here and that's all it was right in the song. and it's awesome have you seen the video for that for that is that the song? one on the jet right here right now is the one where it starts There's off with the basic gray. forms of life uh, okay. and it goes through the whole it. evolution until they're up and walking huh and you know you like. Like everything from fish to, you know, to uh, ancient uh, mammals to, you know, monkeys and eventually Let's turns check into it out. Human. I don't think I have seen it. Uh, awesome fucking video. But I mean, but that that album that you're talking about, and yeah. I think it's called, um, uh, man, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's okay, dude. It was like 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's one of my favorite albums. Um, that, I, I, like when it comes to like the pop techno thing, that's actually like. If if I had one album for the rest of my life, it would be that one. Oh yeah, it would be that one where it's kind of like it's got the pop aspect, but it's techno. But what's interesting about him is that the music he came out with after that album, I didn't really care for. It's almost like he struck like lucky gold. Usually, when musicians come out with 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 music, come, come out with subsequent albums, and people don't listen to him, usually it's because the novelty of that style of music is dead. With Fatboy Slim, I feel like uh, there's there was still there there's always the demand for that style of music. There was one where um, some guy did like an Elvis song, and it was like. Um, uh, the little more action, whatever that song is. Somebody did that, and it was the same style. Yeah, it was the same exact style as Fatboy Slim, and it hit the radio, and it did really well. And there's actually was a lot of copycats that came after him that still made it onto the radio because that style, that like repeating the same thing over and over and over. Well, and over I again. mean, if you if you break it down, it's why it was so popular in like hip hop uh, in the early '90s, in the well, really mid '90s, even the late '90s, and still is used a little bit more. It's still used now, but it's like. The best parts of the song and the most memorable parts of the song are are, are is pretty much the only part of our song. Like yeah. that's why <clears throat> it's kind of it's kind of cheap to be honest with you. Nobody's like creating anything new anymore. But 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 like you know Daft Punk. I know we went from board games to techno, but man, I fucking love me some old techno. <laughs> um, Daft Punk, of course, is a household name now. Um, they they it seems like it was almost accidental. I think that I mean they they obviously put their time in right and they've been around. I guess forever. my question with Daft Punk to you is, and to Gunner obviously as well. 
they had like a like they they did get popular with like around the world was like the first kind of yeah back when M two was on MTV two yeah. was on. But do you think that they're even more cemented now because they worked like essentially with um, the weekend like on his entire the album? weekend the weekend is what is what made it their, their shrine. What actually put them on the map, in my opinion, was Kanye, Kanye. taking the better, faster, stronger yeah. song. I, that I think is what did it. Once that came out, like they were just they're like it was like a household name, and they were in his video. Yes, they were actually in his video, even though he just sampled their song. He brought them into the music video, and they were back there pretending like they're mixing. You know, techno is very difficult to do live. Yet, you know, usually when you see somebody live with techno, they do have some equipment and they pretend to put on a show. But I would say Daft Punk is number number one for like world known techno. Number two, I actually would hand to Skrillex. So yeah. here's a question: When the Daft Punk guys die, do you think that someone else just like takes those suits and continues being Daft Punk? No. No, I don't think that the novelty is strong enough for people to to just be okay with a man in a suit. The other thing with Daft Punk is they've kept certain fundamentals of techno around. Like they still use that robot style voice. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Well, it's kind of like their signature though, right? Like that's It is, but somehow it hasn't died. Like Autotune Auto-tune was huge. Remember, every song was auto-tuned. It still is, though. Like, they still it's just, use it. It's just tuned down a little bit. Like, yeah. Post Malone is tuned up crazy, mm-hmm. crazily. Like, so is Sway Lee. Like, there are still... Um, it's still there. It's just not as prominent because, like, like, like uh, what was his name? T-Pain. T-Pain was, like, the, the auto-tune king. And you could tell it was, like, that really, like, weird kind of laser in a tube sound. But now it's just turned down. Now the effects are just turned down. But they're all tuned up. Right. They're still tuned up. <clears throat> Not totally on track. Did we talk about leaving Neverland last week? Oh gosh. Oh boy. Well, I mean, it's shit. it's a pretty big story if if it's and some of the reports tough, that I read it's are like related. Yeah, gosh. I I don't even like this topic to be honest. Okay. I don't like this topic, okay. but what we I, we got to talk about it, right? Um I don't like this topic for many reasons. I had this conversation with with my wife last night, and I'm like, "How come the whole world is okay with this fucking child molester?" And by the way, what are you doing? I'm making I'm making wrestling. <laughs> You're noises. making crinkling sounds with the seat. <laughs> I'm unfucking it. Please continue. I'm sorry. The, the world is okay with this child molester, but only this child molester. That's the strange part well, to me. So, now, and well, I have to take this it back. The R. Kelly shit too. I have to take it back a little bit because. From what I understand, I haven't watched the Neverland. I haven't either. From what I understand, the the allegations come predominantly from two families, right? That and are those, that are to be noted and fair um, are having some like <clears throat> apparently some major financial crisis. Well, right, and those families those families testified that, or, or shall I say, when when the original when the original suits happened, they settled out of court, right? They were actually paid off. And they settled out of court. Right. So um, th- that's that's kind of like one of the headlines that I read was that it can't you can't necessarily take these testimonies um, for granted because this this was all settled. They weren't supposed to be bringing it back up. But then you know my wife starts watching it, and what she says is she's like, no, these are, these kids have grown up, and now they're telling the truth. Yeah, well, one of them it, still has spoiler alert. 
one of them still has the wedding ring yeah. that Michael Jackson gave him when they married each other in make-believe. Dude, ugh. Well, because he had the one kid had the thriller jacket and stuff. I mean, it, it's, it's this it's, is weird to me, and it's well, weird because it's like we it's because I love Michael Jackson's music, but the fact is, everyone knew he was, there was something really fucking off with him, right? And that's that's the shitty part. Like that's what makes you feel probably worse about it. Is like you, you want to hear my? <clears throat> I think the reason that people are okay with him. And I, when I say okay with him, I mean like the world knows he molested children, right? Or they're pretty sure of well, it. Well, the problem is, is that he went they're, to court and it, they they essentially di- disproved everything, well, no, or he, they settled he, out. He he. he <coughs> when you can buy his way when, out, when you can buy the entire Beatles collection, yeah. all of the rights to their music, paying off a couple of families is easy. I think the reason that the world is okay with Michael Jackson being a pedophile is they feel responsible for creating him. I think it's it's twofold. Number one, he's not an aggressor. Even though he is. A, a child molester is a child molester, even if, even if they're out of their mind. Agreed. Even if they're mentally ill. But I feel like we... The, Amer- the, 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 the world watched him rise to be a star. They just wanted him to be a star. And then the ramifications of him just being a star his Listen, whole life is that he has no fucking friends. Yeah. And that he's stuck in this strange kid mindset. I think people don't want to ostracize him for his actions because they feel responsible for him. I don't know if they, that's the case. Um, the way that I see it is things that are undeniable. Michael Jackson's a bad motherfucker when it comes to music. There's no one better. You could maybe argue Prince, but not really. Like, as far as King, the dude is the king of pop. He is probably the greatest pop artist of all time, and that's tough to argue. And it's really, really a tough pill to swallow that somebody that puts out such good work, such iconic work, is an absolute fucking monster. But if you took away all of the music and all the accolades... And you saw just that dude, you totally wouldn't be able to deny that he's, he's there's something wrong with him. I don't really think he's that great. Oh, I think he had some on, great dude. music in the beginning. Come on. I think he had some good music in the beginning, but the stuff that he was coming out with. Everyone's later shit sucks, dude. Everyone's later shit. Anyone that makes music, they they all suck. There's no one that makes good music, in my opinion, that, that I can come that I can take to mind right now that makes amazing music that doesn't suck later on in the People career. are gonna curse me for this, but every time Thriller comes on at a wedding, I'm like, how long are all these people gonna be out here pretending that they're zombies? This is like a 12 minute fucking song. I don't need a movie in the middle of a wedding, right? As much as, as cliche as Black Eyed Peas is, at least it's an upbeat song, right? I, I don't... Yeah, I, I I like I like him for his historical music value, but I don't like when a Michael Jackson song comes on. I'm not like, oh my gosh, this is great. Oh, I don't know, man. I disagree, and I think the majority of the country disagrees. I with know, me as and well. they'll disagree with me. They can disagree with me. That's fine. But yeah. you know what? Those same people have no problem never watching Bill Cosby again. Bill Cosby's comedy is some of the funniest shit I've ever no, seen. No, there I can name. I can't name. 10 different comedians that are better than I can't name 10 different pop artists that are better than Michael Jackson. I can name 10 different comedians that are better than Bill Cosby. That came before him? 
No, then not, then not that came before him. I, I can't I can't argue that like he was one of the one of the I, well. I, I quote me on this. Yeah. I think Mark Ronson is ten times better than Michael Jackson, and nobody even knows who he is. Yeah, I don't know who he is. He's the guy that he's the guy that produced uh, rehab there that killed herself. Um, oh God! He's the guy that did Uptown <laughs> Funk with Bruno Mars. He just did the Miley Cyrus song. Yeah, but he's a producer. He's actually a musician. Yeah, but he's not singing or anything like he that. He does actually sing. He might not be singing in in, in the if two he, girl if, bands. If he was that good, then why would why would why would why does nobody know him? Because he, the the thing. So here here's the deal. It's a different era. Well, no, but also here's the deal: is that the people who make the money are the people who make the real money are the people who are not getting their their faces stuck out in the front of it because. After, as part of that, that's to probably be, to, true. To, yeah. be, to, to, be, to be the because pe- yeah, you're never be, old news when you don't know who they are. But this, yes, yeah, so the because the what the fuck? I mean, like you know, not to get into. I mean, <clears throat> if you have been paying attention to all the, like the fucking lawsuit shit that's been going on on the producer side of stuff, I mean, like you can have people who basically are no Michael Jackson. You know, and, Mike Michael Jackson got away with it because Michael Jackson owned all the fucking mat. You know, like owned huge swaths and, of these record like masters. And like, Uptown rights. Funk is a Mark Ronson song. It is not a Bruno Mars song. I hate that song. And a lot of people do, right? A lot of people actually hate any song that's played on the radio as often. It's as not that even is. that I hate it. I why I dislike Bruno Mars is because although he doesn't directly rip off people, he rips he borrows so much wasn't his from song fucking era. No, Bruno, that's fine. Bruno Bruno Mars is a front man who has so you know has has his own talent. I think he's a better pop musician than Michael Jackson. But too. he is sorry. He I'm is, sorry. He, that's fine. He, you is, can think what he you is, want. He is the no because the thing is and, and like you know people change over time but like Bruno had, Bruno was dying there for the long time and he just got he just got pop like at the start of the 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 tens here. I mean, who and, listens to Black or White in 2019? No, dude, that's the later well, sam- stuff though. <laughs> well, like, no, but they sample it. You well, know, that's but, actually like, true. They do sample it, and they still use the shit. But the, they sample his bad they sample shit. Sample him <laughs> grabbing his crotch. <laughs> yeah, but dude, <laughs> Billie Jean is a fucking classic. Smooth Criminal is a classic. Thriller is a classic. Bad is a classic. You know, but like, that's also. But you're also Pretty like, Young thing, thing is a classic. But the thing is, is that those weren't those weren't only just Michael Jackson songs. Like he had people who were writing with him on that stuff. Again. It, it's any 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 funk music, any like the the Motown, you know that that side of stuff. It was very, it, with with rare exception, it was very rarely just them. Well, for sure. And like, there's huge swaths of support, like these support networks that never really get you. Know, like these guys have steady work, and they're not like kind of. They're not held hostage by what the entertainment industry really does to people who it puts up at the at the top of right, it. Right, you know? but if if we're comparing pop artists, if that hasn't changed, there's still a lot of unnamed people that work on songs that probably are more responsible for the song being oh, popular catchy than what the, others. What the fuck was it? Like there was there was one that she she just released her own album, but basically every single major hit that Rihanna and uh Beyoncé like I I'm trying cuz I was listening to NPR, she's really good. But her whole thing is that she who 
Um, I gotta find a fucking because uh, my brain is, is farting. Ariana Grande. Who are you no, talking about? No, 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 no. So she's a she's a writer. So she she's basically the one who does all of these like. Well, Sia oh, was too, right? Well, I mean, but you know, she's a performer. Sia's been around for a while. Yeah, but she kind of like. She like intentionally in tried to stay because out of, of the, her anxiety or whatever, and she kind of did writing and producing for a good portion. Thing right? is, though, is she, that was a good marketing strategy. Like she used her anxiety to kind of hide herself, and it just gave more mystique, and people wanted to know more about her. Well, that she, was smart. I mean, you you do have to admit, like, although maybe it seems a little bizarre, certainly at first it was bizarre. She created this kind of oh yeah persona with yeah. that dancer, that mm-hmm. that one like that dancer. And it's like that's like the signature yeah. now. It's like yeah. she, it's pretty. It's interesting. It was definitely bizarre, but it's actually pretty good. Like uh, it's pretty, uh, it was pretty ingenious. Uh, yes, yeah, so and so she didn't get uh, Makiba Riddick Woods. Like she's actually really just good by herself. Right. And this she, is, it, like Gunner said, like you're almost better off not being not being like the front man or the front woman. Um, but uh, my problem with, him, with 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 Michael Jackson, not so much with his music. You're right. He has he he does have. He does have songs that are great, but but Kevin Spacey has movies that are great, right? And nobody's buying Kevin Spacey fucking posters anymore because he's a fucking child molester. Frank is back. Nobody's buying Bill Cosby posters anymore because he's a child molester, or or in his case, the the, the only thing I can think of is that is that that Michael Jackson wasn't as big of an aggressor against children. It was more of a mental illness. Well, and there's also backstory that caught that some find sympathetic, like. There's no secret that fucking Joe was a piece of shit to his kids, Michael mm-hmm. specifically. Right. That he essentially he was promoting he was promoting his new band at Michael's funeral. Yeah, like like <laughs> so and so I think people sympathize a little bit like right, wrong, or different. There's no sympathizing for a monster. You can feel bad that that they're 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 probably that way because of the shit that they went through when they were younger but that's that's really no excuse so it's just so strange to me why he is the exception he's the pedof- because, because he's the dude, pedophile everybody's okay with because he fucking grew up in front of the country which means you watched him transform yeah I didn't it's realize, not. It's I just, not like anybody else it's not like somebody that gets plopped in when they're 18 years old and, and they're technically an adult this kid was fucking out singing for everyone, good music that everyone loved when he was like five. And that's what fucking ended up fucking him up. Who knows? Maybe he would have been a child molester regardless, but that definitely didn't help. And, well, and, there and was, maybe I'm a little biased here, right? I, I have a cousin that I grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. And I fucking love him. He is an awesome guy. He he busts his ass. He is fucking super smart. And and he he made some fucking mistakes. There's no forgiving for him. There's no forgiving for him. Anybody that it, I can't even bring it up, and people want to murder him. Right. right. I know him personally. Sure. I know exactly the type of person that he is. And the moment that anybody wants to show any sympathy towards him, people don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to him employers don't want to hire him and he's i mean he served his fucking time he is never forgivable right he is on a his entire life and, and people are listening right now they're like good you know i want him to be on a registry i don't want him to leave his county right but he's somebody that i know and i like and and, and i do understand that he made mistakes 
And, and I do have, I have my own internal struggle when I think about that, but he can't be forgiven. Meanwhile, a fucking celebrity does this and people are still buying his music. People are still putting posters on their wall. What the hell? It, it's, it's, it's a double standard. I don't care if you, if you, if you are going to wake up every day and hate child molesters, you can't make an exception for him. I completely agree. And here, and here are some other things that are going to change. I think that will change it. The music will never change. The music is amazing, and you can't take that away. Like you can't. Oh, I don't like his. I don't like. I don't like him as a person. So I just. Music is so much more powerful than film, because it it's it's only three or four minutes at the most, except for thriller. It's a it's a bit longer than that, but it just it moves you, man. Like it's it it, it, it invokes emotions and and, and nostalgia. A movie, you got to fucking sit through for three hours, two hours. And frankly, if you've already seen it, you already know what happens. It's not nearly as impactful. And I love movies. I'm a huge movie buff. I love movies. But music, way different thing. It's way, as far as if you were to compare it to a drug, it's music's a significantly more powerful drug than movies would be. That may be true, Wade. But the same token, music is less likely to appeal to people of different age, whereas movies will appeal forever. You can watch a movie that's 50 years old, and it can still be relevant today. Music, it's only if you've been exposed to it does it really become nostalgic right well uh, movies yeah. you can uh, a movie can be 200 years old you can you could turn that movie on and you can watch it start to finish and you can relate with every single human being that watched and liked that movie which makes me i actually think that if, if you get something like k-pax or something like the usual suspects or you get something like seven right or even 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 house of cards right and you look at like if you look at the acting that that kevin spacey pulled off in some of these uh, American Beauty, right? What a great fucking movie! You look at the 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 acting that he pulled out in those. That to me is something that people will be able to appreciate for generations. Whereas Thriller, dude, I you're think, picking one song you don't like. There are twenty Michael Jackson songs that are better I, no, I than get any it. Kevin I, Spacey. I get it. I get it. I get it. But can't you <clears throat> can't you believe that the next generation of people might not like it? Isn't that yeah, isn't could, that a little bit more could, fathomable I, than than the fact that that a good movie good movies last? That's my point. Is that music usually is stuck in time? Now Michael Jackson has he's he's one of those musicians where his music has really survived the times, especially the songs that you're talking about. Sure. Um, same thing with the Beatles. Yeah, right? he can almost be in the same group there. He's where, absolutely where, uh, he's 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 right there with the Beatles, no right, doubt. Right. But the, the difference is the Beatles only only worked together for fucking four years, right? And that's why they're they're like there was the Beatles didn't have time to make shit music because they all got fat and happy because they got super rich. They made some shit music too. <clears throat> they, they did, but they not got nearly some experimental as much as like you know like like to. Aerosmith's new shit or whatever. Right. Whenever they, God, whenever Aerosmith they, wants to make went, some new fucking went, music, they went. Let freaking George write for the longest <laughs> time, and he was probably the most interesting out of all of them. You know, like John Lennon, John Lennon, John Lennon kind of got the Kurt Cobain romanticization thing stuck to him, and yeah. Paul McCartney's more like the David Grohl. Like I just fucking crank out work on mass, except I think Dave Grohl is actually probably more. Paul McCartney wrote a lot of music. Go Paul, easy on fucking Paul, friend. No, no, Paul. Paul McCartney <laughs> wrote a lot of music. Yeah. Very little of it was as interesting as the collaboration between him and John. You know, like because they, they kind of well, the, the, I mean, like, the antagonist. We're gonna get into that. No, 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 no. I see like, the antagonist because Paul McCartney wrote pop songs. That was his biggest. Absolutely, thing. Paul and McCartney the was fu- the fight. Sorry, P- 
Paul McCartney's big boy, and John is fucking uh, Andre three thousand. Well, yeah, in a, mm-hmm. but the, the, the fight the fight between the two of them, you had some you had some stinkers, but they 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 kind of they kind of they kind of you know the, the, that kind of contention between the two of them made things more interesting. Sure, you know, absolutely. While we're on the topic of music, if you guys don't mind me bringing it up. How about how negatively perceived the Maroon 5 performance was at the Super Bowl? Did you guys get the same type of feedback? Like, like for some reason, the world hated it? Um, I hate the Super Bowl. I, yes, there was definitely... I definitely noticed there was a lot of, like, kind of quasi-backlash. People were, like, kind of mocking it. But it's because the Super Bowl... I mean, literally, ever since um, the Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. Michael Sisters... Mm-hmm. Boo popped out. Mm-hmm. They've gone with super, super safe mm-hmm. and frankly, like subpar performers. Like, but like Maroon Five has like like twenty radio hits. That's what was interesting to me. I I think the biggest problem with them is that is that they I believe they opened with that wedding song, I, that the one where like they pop in on um is it called Sugar? They pop in on on the weddings and play. And, and they did it, right? Yeah, I don't know. They I'm arranged. Really sure. So what they did is they picked beautiful brides because, you know, they're making a music video. And why pick brides that don't look like they're on the cover of a magazine? They, they found these weddings that were happening and they showed up as, surprise, as a surprise band for the wedding. So what happened was, you know, all of a sudden the, there's a curtain up around the band. And at some part in the wedding, people were eating or whatever. The curtain drops and Maroon 5 is playing the concert. And... They what they did is the music video for this song was them playing at random weddings. Every bride was gorgeous, by the way. Well, yeah. Like they made sure they made sure not to play for an ugly bride because that wouldn't have worked in their music video. But that's I believe that's their most viewed song on YouTube. Is that um, that that wedding song? The problem. This is this is my problem. Is I think if they opened with moves like Jagger then they would have had a better initial response. But they opened with that wedding song, which most men don't even know exists, even though it's their most popular. And the Super Bowl, having, I would say, the vast majority of the of the hardcore fans are male. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I'd they say actually, true. I think they opened with the wrong song. The reason I mentioned this is you said Andre and Big Boy. Big Boy was in the, his fucking, Big Boy came up and did a song with him. Did he? Yeah, he did the I like the way you move or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. holy shit, I haven't seen Big Boy in forever. Like what a great fucking But so when I saw Big Boy come out, I'm like, that was a great performance, but everybody hated it. Well, I just like, I think Boss Room 5 it. is uh, a it was more of a meme like with the tattoos and stuff like that. Yeah, what was I don't know, I don't understand that at all. I don't I don't know. I think people were just making fun of Adam Levine cuz he's he's a whore essentially. Like mm-hmm. he's out, he's on every fucking America's this, the voice yeah. this. Like he's a horror. His music is shitty pop music, like mm-hmm. that nobody really cares deeply about. Right. Like, it's just throwaway trash. And it's just what the NFL fucking does. They throw these people that are safe that aren't gonna do anything controversial in the middle of a halftime show. And it's fine, but it's also that's more of a systemic problem with the NFL. Like it's old, it's kind of the old guard. Um, it's a billion, multi billion dollar industry. And I and you know, I watch NFL games and I I was working when the Super Bowl was going on, so I didn't get to watch it. But I think it's just no one cared to see Maroon Five. I don't think I don't know if it was so much the song selection is like people are fucking tired of Adam Levine showing up fucking everywhere. Like 
I don't know. It's just it's it's not pop that I think it's, will stick. It's weird to me, and and again, people are gonna hate me for this, but uh, uh, what's uh, Bruce Springsteen? I'm Don't sorry. I would much <laughs> rather watch Adam Levine than Bruce Springsteen. I, but Bruce Springsteen was well received. Yeah, he because Bruce well Springsteen, received. I guess, like, well, a he's fucking running around like a madman at like 60 years old. So you got to give him fucking credit for that. <laughs> he's fucking sliding across the stage, like going berserk, like playing his ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, way more energy than fucking Adam Levine. He and, also, he also, Bruce Springsteen was 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 more of a pioneer, I would say. Yeah, and he, the, his songs were like soulful and and risky, and even, but the one thing for Bruce Springsteen, like he took risks even late in his career. You know what I mean? Like when there was that, I mean, I say late in his career, but like in the '90s, there, um, when there was that, uh, those cops like emptied forty-one bullets into a into a guy that was just a suspect that I believe didn't end up doing anything. But like he kind of like that was the, that's how he opened one of his shows, right? And like the police like were like, well, we're never gonna work security for you again or whatever. But it was like that's ballsy when you're when he doesn't have to do that in his fucking forties or his fifties. Like he's already established, he can just play his old songs. And, so, so you and think clean so up. you think it was perceived negatively because Adam Levine is is already on the TV every day? I mean, you think it was because. He's already like hit his fame and his band. He's he's almost at this point. He's he's probably famous more more. He famous is than more his famous band as is. band, and I think there are some people that are kind of like, dude, you came onto the scene through rock, mm-hmm. and we thought you were a fucking rock group, like an indie rock group or whatever, and then you sold fucking your band out, did a bunch of solo shit, and now you're a fucking joke. I.e. Gwen Stefani. I.e. Fucking. I mean, there's there are others as but well. I don't think I think Gwen Stefani would have been well received. I'm actually surprised. I Gwen, think people Gwen, love her. Gwen Stefani got big, super late in her life. Like I'm, I'm you know, it's kind of like Jewel, like because she was actually like almost her, she was in her 40s when she finally got kind of like the fucking pop starlet. Even her thing. pop stuff, um, people go crazy for still. I mean, even even men. That are uncomfortable singing with a Maroon Five song B-A-N-A-N-A-S. are perfectly fine singing that. Yeah, yeah. bananas. But you know, but that was that was also like this weird like, and I don't I don't know if this is if this is the formula too. But like, she did that. It it wasn't just the music thing. It was just kind of like weird. And she was post grunge, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about like like no doubt. She was more in like that that grunge scene, right? She was, well, it was like ninety six, ninety seven when they when they kind of I'm just a girl kind of yeah. came out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean that was like to me that was like the that was ska. That was like one of the ska revivals. Yeah, that to me that was like the heyday of of rock music, where and, and maybe not not the not its prime. But it was where almost anybody could could become a musician. It was like right before like, that, like shitty. Right before Napster stole. Well, not so much the style. I'm sorry, because new metal. There's still a lot of people that love that. I hated it too. But um, but I that's just. Run. I loved Lincoln Park when they first came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lincoln Park to me is more. Lincoln Park is like overproduced rock. They're a weird one. Yeah. And they and they do the genre mixing. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. But uh, that was right before Napster took all of the money away from the industry. 
That was like when the industry yeah. was at its prime. When albums where would there sell, was people so, would buy records yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So much money. And you could go, there was record stores everywhere. And you could just go and buy an album. That to me was like, you have to respect the musicians that rose during that time. Because it was a, it was a competitive market. But the thing is, is you could make a living at it back then. Once you realized that your days were numbered, that, that people weren't paying for your music anymore, people had to find new ways to market themselves. And that's why, in my opinion, that's why a lot of these artists switched genres. They're like, it's, it's not about record sales anymore. Like, this is about getting kids to sing my song when they're in school oh, no, so that I they'll tell that. their parents to buy tickets for my show. I get that. I just feel like when Maroon 5 first came out, maybe there was a little bit of soul to the music. It sounded like there was, like, some actual shit. There's been no substance in anything Adam Levine has done for, like, 15 well, fucking they, years. They were pretty late to the game. But but the thing with Adam Levine is, is I mean, he was, like, Sexiest Man Alive or something like that one year. Adam Levine, even if he's even even though I, I shouldn't say if because he is he he is a talented musician. I actually do I, I actually do like Adam Levine. Um, I, I actually like him as an actor and as a and as a as a musician. I think he's a great musician. But uh, Adam Levine happens to have it all, and I think that people don't like that. He has the good looks, right? He has a whole bunch of yeah, tattoos. Yeah, but I think this people He's, have the problem with. He has a then successful take a fucking band. chance on your music then and make something real, right. not this pop bullshit. Right. Tell us about your the actual struggles you have. Right. Like that's what people want. And, and I think that's that's why people don't legi- they don't think his band like actually is reputable. Right. It's because his music is so generic. But what's interesting though is like how like Lincoln Park kind of falls into the same thing. The difference uh, with disagree. Lincoln Park is it's a little bit that, more though. soulful, but the lyrics are just as bad. It's especially with Chester Bennington taking his own life. It's obvious I, that there was depression there. Right. It's obvious that those those lyrics, whether you like them or not, you, I think they shit calling, or not, were hard. Right. 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 Like with these wounds that will not heal. Yeah, but do, he wrote that shit because he believed that shit. I've got the moves like fucking Jagger. Like fuck off. Well, You're, yeah, but, like, but 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 we've we've we're all in agreement, right? That yeah. Maroon Five. But I think that's why edgy. nobody. That's why Lincoln Park can that. still be perceived as authentic, and that's what's interesting to me. I, I think you're right. It's because we care about the person behind the lyrics. Well, that's what connects you. That's how right. you like. That's that's actually kind of the weird argument. I would say. So Springsteen wrote fucking personal songs. Those it's pretty fucking obvious. Those are all pretty personal, and he mm-hmm. has some personal thoughts. He put and he's in there. telling stories. Yeah, but that's actually kind of the weird job. thing in an anti-argument. For, like you know, Michael Jackson. God, were any of the songs that he wrote like how he really felt? And Thank God, I hope you. that they were not about fucking children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just weird. It's weird hearing a guy talking, singing love songs. To to women that he doesn't love, like that is, is like, you know, it's my it's my Freddie Mercury fat bottom girls. Well, um, no, but that no that <laughs> kind so of problem Freddie, that I have. Freddie Mercury never, there was never any pretense. Well, actually, he he was a pie, but there was never any pretense. Like they were just, they didn't need to be like, I am, I am all about, I am all about that dick, all about that dick. No, tr- you know, <laughs> no, but but but, but, Freddie, I mean, but Freddie Mercury largely wrote. And, and he didn't write his songs. The band Queen wrote the songs. He was part of that process. Right. Um, 
But Freddie Mercury wrote those songs for his fans. That's what makes Queen so unique. Like, like um, you know, the do do yeah. Do do the fact that they created a song just to get the just to get the fans going fucking crazy at a concert, you don't hear about that. I mean, the closest thing is those old songs where it's like, all the ladies in the house. But that's pretty cheap, right? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't take a whole lot of effort. It doesn't take a whole lot of originality. And dude, I'm not shitting at Queen at all. I love Queen. Like, and I love Freddie Mercury and you know, that's that's not shitting at me. But the but the thing I've always had a trouble with is like Fat bottom girls, I guess, in general. It's kind of like, <laughs> I know he has no interest in women at all. You know what I mean? It's kind no, of strange. He, he he had some, like, actual long-term relationships. But, but, yeah, he just was very... But, but isn't this... Can't you still say that's about his fans? You could, I guess. But I guess couldn't you say the same thing for Michael Jackson, then? I mean, it's like, it's like Baby's Got Back, right? Yeah. Like, the, although we would like to perceive... That the singer of the song is talking about how he prefers a big ass. The people that are dancing to it are proud of their big ass. Yeah. They don't necessarily want to hook up with Sir Mix-a-Lot. You know what I'm saying? Right. They don't even care what Sir Mix-a-Lot likes. They're like, you know what? This song is about me. So when Queen comes out with a song about fat bottom girls and a woman that feels self-conscious about how big her ass is, you know what? (laughs) This song's for me. No, I, I, have a, I, I hear what I you're saying. I can go out and dance, and I can be celebrated right now for something that previously I felt was a flaw. So I, I think that could still be perceived as him writing for his fans. The one that, to me, that is still a mystery, and although if you watch the movie, um, you know it kind of goes into how silly it really is, is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Like, I, I feel better after watching the movie because... The the way that the producers are like, what the hell's the song about? Why do you break into this uh, this opera solo? That's kind of how I felt when I first heard it. I'm like, I don't really get, I don't really understand. I love it, right? I fell in love with it late because Queen that was a hit well before I think before I was even born. But I don't know. We were probably alive. It had to be in the 80s. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, early 80s. Uh, when, early was, when was that it got song big released? because of. Because Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for, when I heard it in Wayne's World, I'm like, okay, this song is got big awesome. again, should got I big say. Again. Yeah. 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 It's had like three or four successes, that song. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe it's the most played, um, I think it's the most played song for its age. Like it's oh, really? like yeah like if you if you look on YouTube for songs that came out in like the eighties I believe it's it wins for the eighties and, and and that's important because those old songs didn't really have a place when YouTube came out they were people like you and I just ripping the music video off of MTV and just uploading it to YouTube but then once once the record industry got a hold of YouTube they would file you know copyright infringement on us right. You know, which even some of my some of some of the videos of me and my friends with music playing in the background got flagged for copyright infringement because they detected the music yeah. by running some algorithm that detected the music in the background, and then they stripped the audio out. That's what's weird about those songs is it took a while for the industry to actually get them onto YouTube. So to see them like with a hundred million plays, like the latest rap artist, is uh, is really impressive. I think that it jumped off Finding Neverland. <laughs> Finding Neverland. Well, it's because it's fucking violently unsettling. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, I, it's a, Joe Rogan talked about it a little bit and was like, "He did." 
Yeah, a little bit. He's like, the problem he has with it and why it's so icky is, A, it's just fucking it's disturbing. Yeah. I don't even know the details of it, but I kind of got a feeling I, there are going to be some, some details that I don't want to hear. And you can't put, stick your head in the sand, but the guy's not here to defend himself either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, all this shit is happening. It just sucks that all this shit is happening when he's, A, not here to defend himself, and B, when the circumstance happens to be that these people are in financial fucking ruin and they're selling a documentary well, to yeah, Netflix. That, that's the interesting thing, too, because Netflix knows they're going to get a lot of people watching it. Yeah. People might even sign up for Netflix just to watch it. And this is kind of the issue when we were talking about uh, Mark Sargent on our last episode. That's kind of the problem that that, that it's the... It's the something people don't really talk about, and that's that you have to pick these 15-minute celebrities when you do a documentary. And that person usually gets compensated, mm-hmm. which means there is incentive to get in front of the camera, which means the, the, the person to negotiate properly with Netflix ends up being the person that gets the chance to tell the dialogue. So Mark Sargent, I don't know why he was chosen by Netflix, why it wasn't somebody else. Mark Sargent was able to tell the whole Flat Earth story. Just him. Yeah. It's pretty much his dialogue. And the same thing happens with Neverland. The, the people that came forward, they get to tell the whole dialogue, and the world gets to consume that dialogue. And, and like you said, Michael Jackson doesn't get a chance to defend himself. There will be defending, right? Because he has— Yeah, but, he, but no one can truly defend because it's essentially the, t- the people that were present— well, and then the other un- side of it is is dead. Un- unfortunately, well, it's he's dead, but his his legacy is not dead. Right, right. Uh, it's like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee actually lives on in marketing, and and there's an estate. There's a Bruce Lee estate, and and that estate charges licensing on his name. So if you want to use his name in something, if you want to put his face on a on a shirt. His family gets royalties to that, right? right? Like Marvin Gaye is the same example, like the yeah. Marvin Gaye estate. So. It will be defended. The problem is, is that it, it will only be defended through these through litigation and through like like reverse propaganda, where they try to fix the image right. that was tarnished. Well, and that's frankly that's what the targeting of well, these people are fucking financially fucked. That's why they're doing right. this, right? Right. Because that implies that they're lying about it, and I don't. I haven't seen it, so I can't surmise if they're lying. I doubt that they're lying, but it would be it would. If they said that, yeah, even though we're in financial ruin, we're taking all the money we got from this and we're giving it to, um, you know, funds that help children that suffer from child abuse or or sexual abuse and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But I'm pretty sure they're not doing that. No, they're not. Um, And and this is one of those cases with flat earthers. Nobody cares. Right. Right. I mean, no offense to flat earthers. Um, I actually probably would hang out with a bunch of flat earthers from the people that I saw in the documentary. <laughs> they seemed like a great fucking community. I mean, I really like I want to hang out with these oh guys. I don't necessarily want to want to talk about flat earth with them, but they just all seem like a bunch of really, really nice, smart people that just happen to ignore a fundamental um, fundamental fact. <laughs> but um, but with them, nobody cares if they get compensated. Right. There, nobody's struggling. Nobody's suffering because of flat Earth theory. Right. Um, same thing with the um, with the fire festival. I don't know if you got a chance to watch yeah, that. Yeah, I, I haven't. But like nobody's sympathizing. Nobody with them sympathizes because with people that spent four thousand dollars on a rock yeah, concert. Exactly. Ticket. 
Because you're not you're in the minority, and right. and if you can afford that, then your regular life is probably pretty decent. Right, and in reality, most of the people that bought tickets are probably people trying to live above their means. They're right. probably regular people like you and I, and we probably would get along with them too. They right. were just hoping they could party with with supermodels, right? Which the supermodels never showed up because the concert was a fucking flop. But <laughs> people don't feel bad for them. But yeah, you're right. Like in this case, there's. Netflix is 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 Netflix is is going to profit. They're going to um, the executives are going to be like, oh, that was a good decision. I'm surprised that, they, that they touched decision. it. To be honest with you, because it's I mean it's a really icky thing. I'm glad that they did. If if it, if everything in there is true, like the person, the people should be exposed. Absolutely, right. right. I just uh, it just seems like a cheap shot. Because why didn't we just do this when he was still alive? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like why didn't we just expose him when he was still alive? Well. They, they, there's, I mean, like you, you can go back and forth. There isn't any good parties in this whole thing. Like, you know, like one of the things that they talk about in Finding Neverland is effectively these parents were these parents were selling their kids to Michael. Oh yeah, that's like I I'd overheard and, I'd heard somebody say that. And the other thing is, is that effectively the statute of limitations has run out on these, you know, these particular allegations. So the only, you know, like you talk about the only way that they can get this even heard, like examined in court is via lawsuit at this point it's kind of like how oj you know like how fucking what's this what their faces um who is terrible who is it that oj murdered all right allegedly murdered uh his wife his wife nicole and nicole, N- nicole, nicole or nicole simpson wasn't it uh, uh kidding uh, it's so stupid i don't know this i actually just watched the entire oj trial on netflix which was also excellent um uh nicole Brown Simpson. Yeah, and then the her, her lover there, and I forget his name. Yeah. No, yes, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Goldman. But yes, like because they got they got he got found innocent because of like the fucking weirdness that went on with the whole prosecuting the prosecution team. Yeah. But the only way the only way the Goldmans ever got or it's you know like legal recourse was that they fucking civil went and they they sued him in yeah. civil, as a civil court because that was you know like that's where they got the evidence that got taught you know like basically that kind of got kiboshed in i don't even prosecution that. case in i feel like a dumbass for even admitting it but i don't understand it can you explain to me how you can what what, it, what it, criminal proceedings the difference uh, criminal proceedings are way different than in civil cases Okay. Civil cases is trying to prove responsibility. <clears throat> Criminal proceedings is you're guilty or not guilty. Okay. Civil cases are you're responsible for this. Even though you're found not guilty, you still take ownership of it and you are responsible, which is why OJ had to pay that money. So what? So in the civil case, he didn't have to do any jail time, right? No, but they, they, they basically said that they, 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 they found that he was responsible for the death of Nicole Brown, or, you know, Brown Simpson. And as part of the settlement for that, basically the family proceeded to get any revenue that was derived from any attempt to tell that story via O.J. Simpson. So that book, like that book he did, I did it. Mm-hmm. All the you know, they got control. They got they got like actual editorial control on what the co- like. Actually, that's how that's how the title got picked. The O.J. Simpson story. That's why it's big on I did it. Mm-hmm. Was specifically they had ethereal choice on what the cover was on that book and they got all the money from it to settle the to settle the the back the the, the judgment against oj but 
It's also why you got. Isn't Nate this Wood. weird? Isn't it's this weird, weird, but well, because, it's because of double the jeopardy, system is fucked. There's yeah, you know, like again, it, it, it's the the whole L.A. police situation. You know, the prosecutorial prosecutorial pool. And the police are just fucked up, and it was yeah, just like kind Mark of the perfect a piece story. Of shit. The, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> and it's tough to fucking say you're guilty and going to prison for the rest of your life when the guy that's collecting all the evidence on you is a racist piece of shit. Yeah, he's like an admitted KKK yeah, member. Like, yeah, like that's tough for any jury to swallow. But civil case, the parameters are far different. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew that that fucker did it. And so he was going to pay. But, but with a civil case, he was. What was he? What was it? There was. He was proven that he was that he was like liable for for her, for the damages they, to they her. They found that he. The court found that he was responsible for the deaths of he the was two. Responsible. Yes. Yeah. So, which means he's he's financially responsible for for anything that it's it's really a liability. It sounds more like a liability yes, case. Essentially, yeah. Civil court is pretty much pretty much liability. Like they're like he, they're not trying to charge him with a crime. crime criminal criminal proceedings are over. Yeah, he, they just he, they they were not able to successfully pro- because I guess the the ability to not successfully prosecute the ability to not be able to successfully prosecute someone for a crime is not the same thing as innocence. You were just not found guilty of that. right, right, right. Like if you um, not guilty doesn't mean you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. Like if you sprinkle. If like Gunner, if if you if you sprinkle shards of glass on the sidewalk, there may be no law against that. But if I'm walking down the sidewalk and I happen to fall on that glass, you put it there. You put it there knowing that somebody would get hurt. Right. So you have to pay for the damages that result because of it. Um, oh, man, it's so strange. It's it's strange to me when 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 another court can prove him guilty and he's still innocent by the court of law. That's weird. Well, they didn't prove him guilty. They proved him liable. Right. That's the difference you were just talking about. Right. But in this case, case, what was he liable for? (laughs) Yeah, because when when it comes to death, how are you liable for somebody's death if you're not the one that killed them? Well, no, because it's it's um, in this case. Right. Right. We're being stabbed because because they're not the same. It's not the same thing. And it gets into this weird prospect. In fact, it's kind of like. It's in the same kind of logical headspace as police. Police primary duty is not to protect you. Like they're not. They're for the enforcement of the law. They're yeah, not. They're right. not. They're not. They're right. not. Right. They're law enforcement. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. Serve and protect. Serve and protect is what ends up happening as a result of them enforcing the law. Sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but a case in point when people have probably most likely committed. Fucking savage beheading murder and get off on it because of process, you know, pervasive corrupt practices. <laughs> but it, yeah, it it it's you know it, because there's 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 no there's no compunction for them to actually act in a way that would pre- you know like prevent the. I mean, like they're supposed to enforce the law, but it's not like they're going to you know like jump into a burning building to rescue you or something like that it's not it's not how this works and no firefighters do that gunner well you know cops 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 are heroes you know i like gunner are you anti-cop today no i just i get very i get very weird when i see the 
blue lives matter flags going around with don't tread on me you're just and, you're uh, just jealous they get free coffee that's a weird unwritten rule what's that the cops get free coffee i don't know I used to, no, they used to when they when they when they when they, when they, when they came to when they came shop. to Express when they no when they came to Express Mart that was kind of the thing. See, it's unwritten no, rule. Nobody it, talks about it. it, but they all get free coffee. Like you go to Dunkin' Donuts and there's a cop in front of you. You know, he gets free coffee. The mafia used to fucking get. get do you really want to down upon for I collecting was, protection was, money? I was specifically I was specifically trying to avoid this line of conversation. Why did you Why did you give up? Like I was good. I can't help it. I was good. All right, we're well, gonna avoid it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna well, change they, topics. They, now. They, they, Gunner, get told, they, get, they did get told that they have to stop that asset forfeiture shit, which is which is fucking crazy. Like that's a whole fucking crazy mess too. Why do you hate chess? I hate chess. I just now we're gonna talk about Captain Marvel right now. Captain Marvel, <laughs> it's my fucking Cap- topic, yeah. and we got fucking. Yeah. Oh, we only got half an let's hour play, left. Let's let's I, I let's, let's play psychological chess. chess. We can talk definitely why you hate chess. Movies. I hate chess as well. Why do you hate chess? I just I don't know. I, you know, and again, I I I I don't know if it's because my brain just doesn't perceive space in the way that it's conducive. I hate chess because it's fucking hard. That's why I hate chess. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no, because the thing is, is like, uh, for, 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 for I hate chess because it's, it's hard. hard. I yeah. love that. I do. Like, it's I don't know. Serious. Like, I don't want true. Nobody says it though, because they feel dumb when they say it. it. Nobody ever says that. Well, so it gets into this. <laughs> it gets into the it, true. Sorry. Well, no, because it, it gets into this thing where um, you kind of you you know you say chess is hard because it, it it's what was it? Deep blue. What was the last? What was the last one? Deep blue. It, I think it was, it was the last one to take on like mind? a master. Um, it was deep mind because they you know and even that like the, the, the computer the computers it's AI that, that plays chess. Like, oh, you know, like, like the, chess compu- the, the computers that play chess because like the whole thing the whole thing with them right now is that um. The previous solution was that they had just dictionaries, so they didn't, you know, like it's the Chinese room problem where it didn't really, it wasn't really doing like strategic thinking, quote unquote. It's I had a whole list of moves to play, like you weren't, you know, like you weren't doing the like. What do they talk about it? Um, is it Bobby Fisher? Yeah. Like when he when he won his first Grandmaster, there, like uh, effectively they talk about it. Like he he had won the game within three moves from start like you know like that 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 setup had already occurred and if you follow it through from you know, like you know like there wasn't there wasn't a way that the game would have branched out it was just that they you know like they they played they they, they kept playing but you could like the thing that basically determined whether he was going to win or not happened in within the first three moves of right. the game okay and that's not consistent across all players but it just it's it's it's, it's interesting because that because he had already mapped out that that kind of you know like he'd already mapped out that Mm-hmm. Flow of events in his head, but why do you hate him though? I don't hate him. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of, a, he's kind of a neurotic piece of shit. I, I just <laughs> sounds like um, maybe you dislike him strongly. I like I what's who's who was it was it Kasparov? What's Kasparov that? was the guy who played Deep Mind, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I well, because like he's like he's like one of Putin's biggest like pu- public life rivals that can't get murdered. Didn't expect so me to about, call him a piece of shit. A neurotic piece of shit. Bobby I don't hate him. He's no. Bobby I did hear he's a neurotic Bobby, piece of shit. Bobby, though. Bobby Fisher. Bobby Bobby Fisher has some uh, major human problems. Yeah. 
Well, we all, but um, you know, Kas- Kasparov. I just remember because uh, he's like one of Putin's uh, primary public critics, and because he's such a high-profile guy, he can't be casually murdered yet. Yeah, the the Russians love chess, and uh, if yeah, that but, might be a little bit going overboard. He's kind of but untouchable. There's there's the infamous video of like he was doing like a speech, you know, like he was doing a he was doing a public event. And he was talking about things that were like fucked up in the Russian government. And they had uh, Russian agent provocateurs there with a drone helicopter with a dildo taped to the front of it. (laughs) And it just descends from the ceiling and starts poking him in the face. So (laughs) awesome. Now, that's... I don't, I don't know what that has to do with no, chess. Chess is one of these things where, like, I feel like I could write, like, if, if I had it on a notepad or something, or I, if I had to write an algorithm to play a game of chess, mm-hmm. I could totally do it. But if I try and do it with meat brain, it's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then it's like people, yeah. you know, like, I... I well, but that's proven, right? I mean, chess is one of the, that's one of, like, the, the, the first, like, artificial intelligent... It's not really intelligence, but that's one of that's proof that there's things that are very difficult for humans to do when it comes to problem solving that a computer can do well. Yeah, but why do you hate it? I just don't have. Well, I, I don't have fun because the other thing is is that so like you hate it's hard. playing. It. I hate playing. Well, actually, it's hard. really, what it is is I hate playing it <laughs> against Ken because Ken gets all like super about I want to play this right now, and it's like there's no. Like you won't play. I, was like, I, I say. So do you hate chess because Ken? Yes, really. That's that. That's that's the long and the short of it. Um, I wish Ken was on this episode so that he could talk trash about you. Does Ken beat you in chess? Usually, Holy Ken beats you in chess. No wonder you hate it. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. This is why. Also, why I fucking hate chess. Obviously, because it's hard. But because some people are wired for it. And some people are not. Well, and and here's here's the ultimate fucking thing. Because you think you're smarter than it's, Ken, but exactly. he'll kick your ass. No, it's not even that though. Because he'll kick because, your ass in chess. Right. It's like if you lose in chess, you're somehow you're somehow like relegated to this like less dumber. intelligent yeah. status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that fucking has doesn't have it's to the do same with reason. that. It, no, it's the same. I'm I hate so chess. happy this was brought up. I hate chess for this. I I, I hate playing Gunner, chess I, with Ken. You should have just said reason. you hate it because it's hard. You should have <laughs> just taken my fucking. So I, I, I hate it. I hate it for the same reason I hate playing StarCraft against Ken. So this gets personal with me too. Now, Ken, I, I don't think I've played chess against him, or if you I haven't, it's been played years. against Ben Colosi, though, right? Ken would probably beat me though. I think what happens. I'm going to get a little racist here. Um, oh Jesus! Since he's Korean. That, yes, that's and the Koreans racist. love that StarCraft Dude, shit. Yeah, it's like right in the same it. style game, it is. right? I would, I would play, I would play where go you strategize with him, and no... attack. So I think his brain is kind of pre-wired well, for some of the strategy in the game. You, it, it is. I never would believe that, but it's totally fucking true. I mean, no, they no, love no, StarCraft. The, I mean, that no, country. The, the other, the I, I wonder if it's that because the other thing is, is that the one, the one most consistent issue that we've had, I've ever had, with, and it's. Kind of like, I mean, like, you know, I'll get into that, is that I, maybe, I don't feel like, as an individual, if I'm letting, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm just going by feels, my evaluation of risk is really terrible. And it's because, it's the same problem I have with playing StarCraft with him, because, like, I will just, like, walk out on moments where I feel like, you know what, fuck it, I can't win this. And it's like, mm-hmm. Gunner, you literally had, like, 18 times the forces I had right. left. Because, I you know, like, I and chess is even worse, because, like, chess is, you know, like, StarCraft, you don't have all the information available to you. 
because you don't have like constant perception of the right. entire map. They're like hidden by the Unless fog of war. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Chess is chess is like here's this entire board. You can see, you can literally mm-hmm. see where you every fucking everything. piece. And yep. it's like, how did I not perceive this risk correctly? Yeah, what? Well, yeah, it's 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 a tricky game. Now, like I have a personal experience with it too recently, and not so much actually playing and losing or playing and winning, but uh, my stepbrother actually like will follow me around with a chessboard. I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah, and he's like, he's he just keeps asking me if I'll play chess with him. And I actually want to play him. He'll probably beat me for for similar reasons that Ken well, would beat you guys. If you play guys. regularly, you get better. Like that's yeah, you know what I mean, like you yeah, learn the moves and you learn. It's kind like of, playing Sudoku. Yeah. Any any game where you have to do problem solving and you have to try thinking ahead, several several steps. You start off with the basics, and then you get better, and you get better, and you get better, and eventually you can just whiz through some of these things. And yeah, chess is like that. I mean, there's certain parts of the brain that it that it tests, and if you're flexing those on a regular basis, you're going to be better than your peers. Um, the reason that I don't do it is because I'm when I'm at my father's house, I'm there with my my family. One of one of them still needs to be like like closely supervised. He's two, and he'll just. Uh, my dad's got my dad's got like these fucking heirlooms and trinkets and shit all over his walls, and and the two year old will just destroy them. He he breaks something every time we go there. My problem with chess is is that I have a slightly better relationship with my stepbrother by the time it's done because you know it's kind of fun and yeah. it's competitive. But I've ignored everyone else that's in that house for, you know, whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. I mean, chess games can last a while. Yeah. That's my problem with with chess is that I really don't, it's not a form of fun in my current life. If, 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 I, if I don't have two jobs, if we stop working on podcasts, if I stop the music thing that I do, um, and if my kids are grown up and they're out of the house, chess may be the best thing that comes into my life. But right now, you know, forty-five wanna, minute game, ignoring the rest of the world around me. Yeah, I just get no satisfaction out of it. I want to. I want to play four D chess. That's that's where that's where it is. That's that's where it is right there. Four, you're talking about four chess. Dimensional chess. You're yes. tra- yeah, like you're talking about because um, there's because we play two dimensional chess. Right. Right. And then mm-hmm. three dimensional chess is like when you have. The different plateaus, right? What's four-dimensional chess? Or that, is that, that four-dimensional? That, no, so they're actually... No, so that's like Star Trek originally kind of brought it into public prominence. But yes, it's where the, 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 the field... The, the, play, the, the play table has multiple layers mm-hmm. as well. So the rule, you know, the rules so of movement really are implemented... So it's really 3D. Well, yeah. It's really 3D. They just call it 4D because it sounds cool. Well, 3D chess really should be... 4D chess the is like on time. time anyway, isn't it? Yeah, but... Yeah, so that's not 4D chess. 3D chess. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry, I'm 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 brainwashed by hyperbole blurbs from the Trump administration. Cooler, well, it does sound cool because because if you look at a chess plays. piece, it's three dimensional, right? Yeah. So like when you talk about 3D chess, it's like okay, well that's just regular chess. You go and throw the fourth dimension on there, and it's like, yeah, but you can change time. You're not changing. You're altering time. No, you're not. That makes it difficult because our brains can't comprehend that. Now, I know I was stealing your topic away from you when I mentioned chess, but I'm really happy that I got it out of Gunner. That I hate he hates chess Ken. Because, because, of, because, because Ken beats him. Because Ken beats him at chess. Well, I don't it's, blame it's, you, it's, Gunner. Well, I, 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 I kind of get it because like, um, w- when they were still living on Canal Street, 
we would play Soul Calibur all the time, and like Ken got to this thing where he got the timing down so like yeah. so precisely mm-hmm. that he could play Mitsurugi and constantly just air juggle you with his toes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just uh, and it's no, his we, Asian DNA. Well, no, because we, we we you know, and we got to like you know, some of some of us got to a point where it's like that stopped working, and we would punish him heavily for it. But Greg got so mad that he hid the disc in the CD, ch- like the, the 800 disc CD changer, <laughs> so we couldn't play it anymore. <laughs> what a great idea. Oh, very nice. Who would even think to look in there? And even when you do, I mean, you need to know what position it's yeah, in, you right? Gotta, yes. You got to search for that bad boy. <laughs> you know, because he just, he just got fed up with And it was like, it, what, what, what was worse was that all of us had Dreamcast and all of us had a copy of Soul Calibur. So you hit it and like, as you were looking for it. <laughs> He's out of frame. You see me raise the hand up. It's like, let's get this going. Yes! You're like, you're like a bunch of drug addicts. Yeah. <laughs> and mom flushes, mom yeah. flushes the uh, the crack down the toilet. <laughs> and you just pull out another pipe. <laughs> I pull, yeah. I it's pull, okay. We I got more out of the I pull it out of a pop This party ain't <laughs> <is> stopping. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah. So I went Captain Marvel open this weekend. And... Um, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding it uh, for a lot of different reasons. What is Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel is a Marvel character. The story oh. of Carol Danvers, an yeah. Air Force captain. But the weird thing is, alive. is that like Captain Marvel, I would argue until like maybe the past five years, mm-hmm. um, well, until Marvel Cinematic Universe started making films and getting successful. Her the most famous thing about her is that Rogue stole her powers, and that's why Rogue was like a flying tank for okay. the X-Men. Oh, Captain Marvel is a female. Yes, Captain Marvel's well, female, so she, which is she, literally she, this- yeah. She she uh, she's had a couple different names, but yeah. So like the, the the character's real name is well, like real name is uh, Carol Danvers. Okay. So Captain Marvel was a t- actually it's one of the reasons. So uh, there used to be the DC Comics Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a huge lawsuit between the two of them forever. And actually, the original Cap, the DC is a fucked up thing. The original Captain Marvel was a competitor comic to DC Comics uh, that uh, DC sued them, ended up buying the company back in the 30s, and then bringing it into the roster. But DC lost the right to use the Captain Marvel name to Marvel Comics. Even though they had it before Marvel Comics was actually called Marvel, Marvel Comics. Comics, right? So, so help me out with this naming. Not, not relevant to this immediate discussion. No, but this but, is a weird thing, right? This so, is like, this is like Microsoft owning the brand for Steve Jobs, right? I mean, what? Rewind a little bit and explain to me this whole Marvel thing. Marvel used to be called a different name until the 50s, I think. Uh-huh. And then they changed to Marvel Comics. Yes. Was that name chosen because of the character? No, 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 no. no. It's no. just a coincidence? It's just a... Well, actually, so, yeah. And, you know, like, there's... So, the original Captain Marvel, or Marvel, was yeah. named after... Was actually uh, a... a uh, so, in Marvel Comics, you have... um. Three three primary alien races in the whole, you know, like the kind the of Kree, backstory. The Skrulls. And, and the, the Shi'ar. The Shi'ar, yeah. Okay. So the Kree are kind of like this uh, super um, militaristic. The Kree are like the Klingons. Well, I don't even. 
they war. They, well, they, they rule through authority and through, through, but they do it like honorable, like mm-hmm. the queer, well, like the, the Japanese, maybe. They're actually, like the they're, actually Japanese. they're incredibly xenophobic and kind of racist. But. So, like, this is so like, like the, the Japanese. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the feudal well, Japanese. But, but even, even like that, like, if you are not, yes, like, even to the point where, like, if you are not the right, like, Cree, rank in Cree society mm-hmm. is also determined by the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. In a very, like, if you are a pink Cree, you are lesser than a blue Cree. Okay. But, so, the original um, Captain Marvel was a car- it was a Cree uh, officer by the name of Marvell, you know, Marvell, who was kind of an infiltration agent aside to observe Earth in preparation for the Cree kind of taking, you know, annexing the planet. Because the Cree and the Skrull are kind of locked in this eternal battle for dominance in space. And the Shi'ar just tell everybody to fuck off because they they can do that. They're 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 death birds. But um so Marvel kinda turned turned coat you know, to like hung out on Earth a long time. Like the people basically called the called shit on the whole Cree racist xenophobic annexation thing and became like a hero on Earth and then I think died of space cancer or something like that because they so, just do that shit. So these fun three fundamental I'll say hero types or whatever that you're describing are three alien hero races. races, alien races. Are they consistent throughout all superhero comic books? Or are they Marvel. just Marvel? So they're just the, so just they're the Marvel universe. Just Marvel universe. So how was a character with the name Marvel born? In the Marvel universe, because if they it was told, didn't they, originate there, because they told they they told DC to eat shit. <laughs> DC 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 did not actively publish. So the way that it works out is that DC bought Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel was actually outselling Superman at the time. They bought Captain Marvel from the original. They, they bought the comics label that pub, originally published the original Captain Marvel. Okay. Billy Batson, that whole thing. But how did Marvel get their hands on it? Well, because what what ended up happening is that they created a separate, they created a character that they thought they could get away with it. Oh, and where the legal shenanigans came because out they're is like, that hey, because, we own the name, but right? Is DC, that kind of what they're trying to do? Yes, but DC DC um, stopped publishing Captain Marvel because they didn't want him to compete with because Superman. they didn't want him to compete they with Superman. To Superman. So they bought and they bought something. Also, it's it's advertising for the the competitor in some well, ways, but, right? But the name is confusing. Marvel Comics was Marvel. Oh, oh. So okay, there was okay. there was this there was this period of time where there was no active Captain Marvel publications from the DC side, which is kind of where this whole lawsuit thing started going. And eventually, what happened is that yes. You are not allowed to refer. You are not. You know. I mean, like they still refer to him as kind of. I think. I think they actually still technically because he's called Shazam. They they call him Shazam now. Yeah, Shazam is so. In DC, when they lost the rights to Captain Marvel because they weren't doing anything with him, they 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 kind of tried. I think it was last minute to 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 re to like. Oh no, we're we're going to use him. We're going to well, use him. And then they were told, nope, sorry, it's over. So then they took that Captain Marvel character and then they turned him to Shazam. Well, because sh- sh- and again, sh- Shazam uh, is the DC version now. Well, yeah, Shazam, Shazam, Shazam is actually yes, yeah, Shazam is the 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 transformation phrase or whatever yeah. that Billy Batson, who is the kid who is Captain Marvel. Uses to become Captain Marvel because it's so. The Captain the Marvel is actually male in his original form. Captain. Uh, Captain so okay. This is why like, this DC is actually comics, kind of confusing yeah, because DC, this has nothing comics, to do with the controversy. Uh, and I want you to <laughs> no, and, actually, and no, wait. So, I want you to talk about the movie because we are we are running short on time. But I, I, I just want to say that there's a parallel 
that that, that I've seen, and that's when uh, when uh, Apple got into music. The Beatles, yeah. the Beatles brand Apple Music came out, and they said, "Listen, you can't sell music in the UK or you know wherever uh, in Europe. Um, you can't become a music label. You can't actually sell." Uh, the, the music um, because the name's registered and you can't take it. You can't have it. And uh, Apple ended up doing it anyway and they had to pay royalties yep. on it and it was a name clash, right? Yeah. The name existed before they chose it. Um, but go ahead, let's talk about this controversy because I understand how confusing it is that this character was born in one comic kind of stolen by name but not by gender oh, or background story in any yeah so carol danver for the longest times went for by the name of miss marvel miss marvel yeah and oh. then like the story is is that after captain Mar- after the original cap the original marvel comics captain marvel died mm-hmm. she took the name on as kind of a tribute oh to him it's like how and Queen's she, still touring right now. Yeah, and, yeah. She, and, she, and, she, and she also kind of like got the costume redesign and all that stuff, and okay, the, so, the, the the faux hawk, the faux hawk haircut. So what's this Carol, controversy that you speak so, of? Thing. Brie Larson is the actress that um, is portraying Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and she's a pretty outspoken. Um, I don't know if you call her feminist, but <clears throat> she's definitely far left, and she's not afraid to talk about it. Okay. About the issues that she believes are pertinent, but a lot of people um, were worried that because some of the pre-screening that there was a lot of like kind of feminist sure. um, propaganda like jammed mm-hmm. down people's throats. So <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, who is owned by a subsidiary Disney, oh, this movie was getting panned before it even opened oh, with God. bad reviews from God. the from users. Yeah, they disabled reviews wow. until it opened. It's the first time they've ever done it. Wow! They just say they took off all the reviews until after it opened, and then uh, because it was, <clears throat> it was getting such bad reviews um, from people that hadn't even seen it yet, right? Like people were not giving this movie a chance because they were quote unquote triggered or whatever. Um, and you know, it, it a lot of people found that this was divisive by Disney. Um, that you know, they're opening up on the weekend of Women's Day. Which was this past week, and uh, a lot of people were pissed about it um, because you have two sides of the story. You have people saying, "Oh, you know, you don't like this because you know you don't want to see women empowered and this and that." And you have other yeah, people, comic yeah, yeah. fans, saying, "Like, no, it's Captain like, Marvel is a fucking not even a major character." It's, it's in like Ghostbusters, right? It's yeah. like Ghostbusters. It's I essentially think Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters it's, again. It's an it, it's an excellent example, and that's that. They didn't need to choose an all female cast for that movie. And, like, I've heard your feedback on the movie, and you thought that it actually wasn't that great. From you said some parts of it were good, but the last 45 minutes made it a fucking terrible movie, right? The first, like, the first two thirds of it was decent, but to that point, if the last third of it was great, you wouldn't have discredited it because of the gender. Right, but it's easy for people to stop and say, "Wait, the Ghostbusters were a group of guys. Why would we have changed the gender?" Right? It it, it makes sense to question it because there are there are certain you know there are certain traits that we that we gender type, and when you make when you switch the whole cast the gender of the whole cast out, there's no there's no way that you can keep it like feeling like it did. 
Right. right. I mean, you, you, you pro- it could probably be pulled off, but it's extremely difficult. And it would probably take away from the actress's, you know, natural characters. Yeah. You want their characters to shine. And it's going to feel different when there's, when there's girls up there than when there's guys. So part of me says I completely understand why if the fans would be, would be like, okay, Marvel, what you're doing right now. Is you're just trying to ride the female, but not the, exactly the female wave. Well, yes, def- definitely. But the thing is, though, like five years from now, ten years from now, when 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 pop culture is finally over this, because right now it's. Do a you thing, think it right? ever will be though? I don't know, man. I think they. I, I yeah, I honestly do. I don't know. I honestly do. You know why I think it will be? Um, and I don't mean to get off the topic of this movie, but I like I was a fan of Halt and Catch Fire, right? Halt and Catch Fire is a, it's a AM, an AMC TV show. It's about the technology boom. And the writers intentionally made the women the ones that were in power. Yeah. Which does not accurately represent the way that that technology boom happened. But the actresses were such good actresses that I didn't even notice. Right. It wasn't until I read some fucking clickbait article saying, this is the latest feminist TV show. Before it doesn't matter to me, right? You just watch it for the sake of watching it. If if Captain Marvel in Marvel's universe was always female, she was always female. Then who gives a shit? Right, and that's kind of the that's kind of the point that the combo fans are making. But they're making the argument of she wasn't like it's not like Captain Marvel was a popular character. Right. She, and the reason right. she wasn't right. popular is because she's fucking Superman. And Superman, I'm sorry, is disinteresting a lot of the times right because superman already exists in dc yeah but you have a lot of you have people on the other side saying well it's just chauvinism Mm -hmm. and it's you know males getting pissed about it and it's like no dude stop bashing the comic book scene for like oh you don't have any strong female characters who the fuck is wonder woman then that's like the best DC movie yeah. that came out out of all those fucking mm-hmm. films was the Wonder Woman film, and she is, and, and it's a natural progression. I mean, yeah. I mean, this actress she was in the Avengers, right? No, she so she's going to be in Endgame, but this is what's pissing people off. Mm-hmm. There have been rewrites, and there have been other female actresses mm-hmm. that were supposed to get larger, expanded roles uh-huh. that have been like kind of um, shortened or made smaller, like Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch, who's one of the more powerful characters in the DC or excuse me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like got she's like gonna do like a Amazon Prime like right. television episode special. Right. She was, Straight they, to Prime. They at one point we're talking about her own film. Uh-huh. So the the problem I went and saw the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 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 critics gave it like an eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Um the viewers, the actual people that went and, you know, the not professional Film critics gave it a 36, which is the worst by far Marvel mm-hmm. um, reviewed movie. It's not a 36. It's not an 89 either. Mm-hmm. It's I'd say it's probably like a out of 10. It's probably like a 65. Okay. It was an okay film. It was a decent popcorn film. Brie Larson um, was just didn't do a great job. And I don't. I part of me feels bad because she's supposed to kind of play like in the first part of it, like this alien, but. It was tough to get attached to her character. Like she, there was nothing that I really that made me feel bad. Now there were some feels in the movie, like, and there are some flips or whatever. Because you don't, the Kree aren't like made out to be this like these this authoritarian like dictatorship. Mm -hmm. They're like they try to 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 frame themselves as like liberators and like you know freedom and we fight terrorists essentially. 
they also use the word terrorist when they're talking about the scrolls. Uh-huh. So there was definitely a lot of politically motivated right. charge. There was a lot sure. of like girl power shit that was so um so jammed str- in there. So strong, right. This is what this this was my point is that if you watch a movie or you watch a show, if they don't push that then you you don't you don't feel the artificialness of it. Not yeah. that women in power are artificial, but if if the script is intentionally written to try to push the needle in that direction where they actually talk about what's happening, right? It makes it feel artificial. Mm. It doesn't make it feel like a natural power. It makes it feel like an artificial power. Um I'm right now I'm watching um a show called called Good Girls on Netflix. Um, I think it. I don't think it's a Netflix show. It might be, but um, it's got a, It's got a great cast, but uh, it's it's women that are getting into organized crime, and it's a fucking great show. I mean, it's like my favorite show right now. It is terrific, and I would recommend it. Um, it's comedy, you know, but it's you know it's it's got like this dark side to it, you know, where they're murdering people and and robbing banks and stuff like that. But I saw the lineup first of all, you know, like I saw the actresses in it. Um, one of them was in uh, like Parenthood. She was like one of the one of the actresses in Parenthood. Another one was was uh, was one of the actresses in, in Mad Men. Um, and then um, the uh, the the I think there's there's three of them. And the third one I don't know what she's been in. But you see the lineup, and you're like, okay, these are good actresses. I've seen them in other things. They're terrific. And then you watch the premise of the show. There's a couple of things there, like like where where the wife is like. She's like, um, you think I'm just some stay-at-home mom. Right, it's that not, There's a couple of those little things in there, but those things are actually active perception. It's not like they're going out of their way to make a political statement, yeah, right? And, and that's the problem with these movies, right, is that people are worried that they're getting political. And that's and but but the fact is is that this is the misstep by Marvel because they allowed that to happen. They allowed you it think to, so? It, absolutely. It was there was some some shit. That was, it wasn't even clever. It was just like right, eh, cringy, right. Which sucks because I thought that if that stuff wasn't in there, because it didn't need to be in there. Because dude, she's practically invincible. Like she's a badass. Like she's super strong. Like there wasn't, <clears throat> there was so, but there was so much of that shit packed in there. It was like. Stop beating this over my head because you're taking away from the film. Because I'm, because you know what I mean. You know, <laughs> because it's so obvious and blatant that you're doing this shit. I, I'm going to take this a little X-rated, and 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 I do apologize, but um, the way I see it is, if you look at the way that people are painted when it comes to pornography, right, where the male is usually the aggressor, uh-huh. right. That hasn't changed. Like well, that, it's still that's the only the vast majority of the audience of stuff like pornography. The male is the aggressor. But I think that's because it's a vast majority of it is made for males. Pornography made for females is and, vastly different. And the vast majority of comic books were consumed by men. That's true. That's a good point. So. W- that hasn't changed yet. It hasn't changed to be this thing where where the men are stay at home men. People don't want to watch. There isn't a whole lot of pornography where people are like, "Hey, I want." And that's really like if you if you watch Good Girls, 
Good Girls is about women trying to fix huge problems in their lives. They got super big financial problems, and the the men in their lives aren't necessarily fixing those problems. In some cases, they're making the problems worse. Uh, like in one of them, he like uh, he kind of gambles away his his money, so to speak. <clears throat> For for the the movie industry to jump on the tidal wave, it is completely political, and it, it's it's I understand why people get upset, right? It's and it's because the culture hasn't really adopted it yet. Well, I don't know if it's that though. It's like the fact is, is you have strong female characters, comic book characters that you, like Gamora was a badass, like. Black Widow is a badass. Black Widow doesn't even have special fucking powers, dude, and she fights people with special powers. Like, you have badasses that that don't have, like, the whole fucking agenda rammed into your head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. let it happen organically. Like, exactly. they didn't have to put all that shit in there. Exactly. And that's I think that's the point that I'm trying to make is that it needs to be organic. Yeah. And or the, the problem with it being organic is you are kind of in this waiting game with culture, right? Like I said, there is no porno where the man is a stay-at-home dad. It doesn't exist, right? It exists in the real world. I know quite a few stay-at-home dads. The mom is out busting her ass, and you got to stay at home dad. Yeah, porn's a little bit different, too, because, I mean, I don't know. There are just... but did you? I mean, it's like like I, G- Gillette pulled this, right? Did you see the well, Gillette yeah, commercial? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Is this really the best a man can get? That got such good reviews. Uh, <laughs> oh, that that got was such good warrior, reviews. Naked, naked, naked warrior dude, and it got naked terrible warrior. reviews too. And it's yeah, because it was you're like polarizing. Gillette, just keep making yeah. the best razor blade and stay the fuck out of this problem. Well, people worried that people thought that because there were some reshoots and some some things added in. People were concerned that Marvel recognized they kind of had not a great film, and they. Some people are concerned that mm-hmm. they said, "All right, we're going to push this SJW agenda and make it super polarizing, so people have to go and watch it, even if they don't want to see it." Well, you know what I mean? Um, you know my problem with Gillette. The, what? The best razor blades that they sell. Fuck Connor, Jesus Christ! You make so much noise. The best razor blades that they sell are still for men. Right there, Gillette. Put your money where your mouth is. And make those fucking women's razor blades as good as the men's razor blades. If you really want to paint a picture that you care, that's number one. Yeah, but number two, how about you? Ch- how, what what about your executive structure? Yeah, but they don't give a shit. They really don't give no. a shit, and that's why the people that are saying, "Oh, this commercial's great," are actually they're they're just as guilty yeah. as the people that hate it. Right. The, you know, they're like, "Oh, you don't like it because you're male chauvinist. You don't like it because you're well, I don't like sexist." It's divisive. And it's fucking, and it has an agenda to push it's, that has nothing to do with what they're really trying to do. It's extremely divisive, yes. It, it, it is, they're, it's opportunistic. They're trying to sell product using, using something that's very, very politically controversial right now. And I agree with that. So to that point, I understand why um, Captain Marvel had the thumbs down. But what if the movie killed? Um, I mean, that's great if it i mean it's good it's a marvel movie it's gonna do 100 million its first weekend well i mean i'm sorry what if it killed with you what if, if it was this great movie, with me what if you watched this movie and you're like you know what they took a risk going jumping and, and pushing all these other females aside and pushing her up to the top but 
it was actually a good idea because it, she did great. The plot dude, was great. I, I, well, here's the thing. I would have, if they had left the divisive shit out of it, I probably would have enjoyed the movie more and come to its defense a little more. I'm coming to its defense a little bit and saying it's not a 36. It's not a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. It's not awful. It's not a good movie either. It's literally 36? What's 36? Like 3.6? Like a 3.6 out of 10. 36% oh, okay. out of 100. Got, oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's a it's a six and a half, six. It's not, I won't go see it again. There, but there was some good stuff. There, were, I felt it was a missed opportunity because they really could have made an empowered female character that didn't have a bunch of garbage and shit baggage mm-hmm. attached to it. Well, right? They so could have done it. They could have done women a service there, mm-hmm. and they could have made this this empowered character. But they they missed the mark on on several things, and jamming the divisive shit into it was was just. Doesn't it make you silly. worry too that it's less it's less rewatchable with that stuff? Oh, it's not rewatchable. I won't I won't watch it again. Yeah, no way. So let's let's go on the fact that they have the Air Force. Subsidized because Carol Danvers is in the Air Force, but the the Air Force fucking subsidized the making of a film that talks about a <laughs> a military <laughs> conducting <laughs> hostile hostile expeditions against what? civilian population. So that, like you know, Marvel uh, Marvel in the armed forces have this weird kind of they do codependency thing. because yeah, but Captain Captain that. Captain Marvel. Had like not quite, um, not quite, uh, like independent or you know, like what did the what did the you were not telling us what happened? What did the military do? No, no, so did so, they give money, you, money, technical support, that kind of stuff? Yes, because it was like because Carol, Carol, Carol like they of, donated planes, there was a, an, an air force, a women's specifically for women air force commercial right before. The film started. Okay, so the Air Force assisted. Were there, were there a lot of a lot of things they needed the Air Force for in order to film? Well, I mean, it's a, it's an Air Force. It's a, it's a good portion she's, of her backstory. She, is like it's like Top Gun almost. Oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah, she's an Air Force pilot. Okay, so so what's your problem with that? Gunner? No, no, Let's no. But, pro- but 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 the whole thing, like, the, and I guess like wait, no, no spoilers. But the whole plot of the movie is a nationalistic government military fucking trying to, to, to you know like doing co- like colonial imposition through power of force and an officer in that army basically rebel like deciding to go against orders mm-hmm. and fucking t- like fight against them because they're unjust and it's just like can a little can, bit of irony can, there can, can, can i can i can i can i throw can i throw a tiny red flag here? yeah it's, it's gillette <laughs> doing a fucking yeah it's like we do this the air force does this all the time mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's Gillette making razors pretty much just for men and only yeah. wants it just for men. But yeah, oh, let's throw this little, let's throw this commercial this red there. herring in here. Yeah. But in this case, um, they had no choice, right? I mean, if they helped, they helped, right? I mean, that's not just a commercial, right? You know what I mean? If they're, there's female planes flying these things around, whether they're in costumes or whether if, if they're able to paint the picture of women in planes, there's a good chance there were women in planes. Oh, absolutely. There's also a good chance that those women were, were, were compensated very well for this. So I, I see what you're saying. There's a little bit of like, uh, there's a little bit of irony in the fact that, that they're the ones doing it, but, uh, that doesn't seem as divisive. That no, seems it's, more it's like not. it's kind of it's it's kind of just like a, a a center like a 
like an afterthought type of thing. It's, like I mean, a, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a city funny. shutting down its streets to film a movie, right? right. I mean, the city doesn't necessarily, if the movie's about like Hellboy or something and they shut down the streets to film Hellboy, it doesn't necessarily mean that the city like, like is like all about Hellboy. You know what I mean? They're just, they're just stepping in. They're helping. They're excited that the money's coming in that, to that area. The actors are coming into that yeah. area. Um, I just felt there was, the whole movie was a missed opportunity. Um, they didn't have to put all that SJW shit in there. What's SJW stand Social for? Justice Warrior. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, sadly, it weakened. It, it 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 pulled you out of the narrative. It pulled you out of the movie. It's kind of like, this is obvious. You know what I mean? Right, like you're, right. You're taking away from and, the film And, and I actually get upset when I read the reviews, and the reviews are like, oh, this is just a feminist movie. Right. Oh, this and is just a feminist show. It could have show. been way more. I don't you know even I mean? like reading the reviews because I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, oh, now I, okay, now I see. Yeah. Oh, that's another opportunity for her to take power, and this is about feminism. And I don't like even reading that. I just want to fucking turn it on and right. watch it. And I just don't know why Marvel did it. I don't know why Disney did it i don't know why they thought this is a great idea but um how about the fact ugh. that they own rotten tomatoes that's a problem well a subsidiary of theirs yeah and well the, the biggest problem is rotten tomatoes just fucking took down the ability to yeah rate the movie which mm-hmm. they'd never done before like there's yeah. no premise for that yeah so it's like uh wait a minute so now you get to control like you could you could spin this a lot of scary yeah. ways. It's like YouTube telling you videos you can't vote on. You know the most downvoted video of all time? No. On YouTube? What is it? The the 2018 rewind that Google oh, and YouTube made. That's funny. Yeah. Do you know who hosts that? Not PewDiePie, who probably should be. PewDiePie should have. He absolutely should have. His chair made it in there, which I was impressed with. But no, it's actually Will Smith hosts it. Yeah, which is fucking... He's had nothing to do with the platform. He came on, <laughs> did a bungee jump. <laughs> no, it's fucking... Totally. It's a joke. It's a joke. But that being said, I think we've run... Yeah, we've run over time. And are we going to record next week? I, I'm definitely not going to be able to do the um, Sunday. No, but we're figured, probably going to skip next week. So so listeners, there will be there will be a week that we do not... Pre- pre- produce an episode that's correct and and the reason is is that my wife is uh is going on vacation so Mexico. yeah so i'm actually i actually have several days and i was thinking about trying a late night episode but it's gonna be too tough yeah it's gonna be too tough so we'll just skip next week um and then we'll come back with a vengeance um in in two weeks that sounds good to me we'll have more material yeah, absolutely. And or by, we won't. <laughs> by then, Gunner will have sharpened his chess skills, and he'll Maybe finally he'll be Ken. able to beat the, uh, the the 10-foot Asian man. Should have just said it's hard, Gunner. What? what? It was I, hard. Don't I don't understand why that's such a controversial statement. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for everybody listening, and we'll see you later. Eat shit. <laughs>